welcome to the Team Eagles Podcast, the show where we talk about life while enjoying tea. Today, I talked with Corey Weil. Corey is an engineer in the power industry, a strong member of the Jewish faith, and a general badass. I really enjoyed talking with him and recording this show, and I really hope you enjoy it too. Welcome to the show, my man. How are you doing today? Good morning. Doing good. I had a rough uh, jujitsu practice last night, so I'm a bit sore. So nice. his tea calmed you down. Yeah, good. Good. There's nothing better than, in my opinion, a cup of tea to calm some nerves after a long night of jujitsu, workout, whatever it may be that you find yourself doing. But yeah, so... Again, if this is your first show on the Team Egos podcast, um, the way I like to start the show is by sharing a cup of tea with my Team Egos. So today, Corey and I are drinking what I call a Warrior's Boost blend. So this is actually a – Corey, I don't, I don't think I told you. This is a blend that I make myself. Um, yeah, so I started making this blend. Um, kind of came up with it because I, too, like to do jujitsu. I like to do – uh, get ready for workouts, and I use I always have used tea as kind of like a pre-workout. Just give me a little bit of a caffeine. You use it as a pre-workout? Kind of, yeah. So really? it gives you enough yeah. caffeine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it started back in college. I started using green tea as my pre-workout, um, and just because I've I've read some things that like it boosts metabolism, so it's like okay, just have a little bit more of a boost to your metabolism. Start with like a some cardio and then just keep that metabolism going throughout the whole workout so so this warrior's boost is a blend of yerba mate green tea uh, lemongrass and orange peel so have you had do you, do you have experience with yerba mate no i've never i don't think i've had this uh is it a type of green tea or is it a whole separate leaf no it's a whole separate leaf so the leaf is actually uh, common to south america um, I had it first in South America. I was in Argentina, and my brother introduced it to me. Uh, it's, it has similar notes to, to green tea, but it's more bitter, in my opinion, and more uh, – it's just – it's a stronger flavor. And But the crazy thing about it is it's a – it's high in caffeine. And so I wanted to send this to you because you told me after this you're going to be going to wrestling or jiu-jitsu. So I was like, all right, perfect. This is like why I made this tea was to get you ready, get you amped for, for your workout for your day. And yeah. See, it's funny, man. When I when I got your package last night, I was in my elevator looking at your tea. I'm like, man, this is so crazy. And the guy's like, dude, why are you showing your weed in the elevator? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, man, he goes, he goes, man, just wait till your room. I'm like, no, it's. <laughs> I'm like, why be judgmental in an elevator? Yeah, elevator is not the place to be judgmental. Anyway, yeah, cheers, man. Let's try this out. Cheers. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully, you like citrus. Yeah, because, yeah, I'm curious. Thoughts? It's fresh, and I'm happy I didn't over. So, one thing that, that gripes me, you know, people over oversteep their tea <clears throat> and it gets so bitter and you lose the taste yes. you got the i still have that citrus and oh it's fresh it's almost this would be amazing as a iced tea 
you make like a gallon of this, you put it in the fridge. Sorry, what was that? You could cut out just for a second. Yeah, so I'm saying this tea would be really good as a, it's like an iced tea. I would definitely make like a gallon mm. of it, put it in the fridge, and then just, if it is a good pre-workout, you know, drink that cold before uh, yeah. a workout. Yeah, like as a cold, have you ever cold brewed tea? So I've never gone from a hot tea to a cold. Usually I'll have a hot tea, fall asleep, wake up, and it's kind of like, yeah. Yes. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to tea is when I leave, when I forget about it and I find the cup and it's like a half a cup of now like lukewarm room temperature tea. I, uh, it either needs to be cold or hot. I cannot stand <laughs> like that middle temperature. I drink it because I'm not going to waste it. Or I, waste it. I give it to plants sometimes. I have a lot of plants around my house, so I do give it to my plants. I share a cup of tea with them sometimes. Doesn't, doesn't kill the plants? It's good for... No. I've, yeah, I've, so I was a little, I mean, typically the amount is so little compared to the size of the plant. Um, cause I do worry about like the caffeine sometimes, but I mean, they, yeah, hopefully it gives them like a little boost to, to grow a little bit bigger, give, gives them their boost for the day. But no, I'm glad, I'm glad you're liking this dude. Cause I never actually thought about using it as a cold brew. I might, I might have to try that out cause that would be good and like the summertime especially with the citrus just a such a fresh um yeah such a fresh little boost and and yeah hopefully it does give you that that nice kick for the day but sweet so i you mentioned it before we uh jumped on the show that you have some tea experience i'm i'm curious you said you've traveled and have a little tea experience like so yeah, kind of. What is your tea experience like? What? hundred percent. So uh, well, I will tell you. Uh, in college, my tea experience was put it in a bag, a little yep. tea bag, put it in the, in the hot water <laughs> to warm it up. But it was actually That's my. Nice. See my so that my intro junior year, I was in this like uh, and I can talk about this later. I was in this like startup cohort at University of Illinois. So they sent us to like Silicon Valley. They sent us to Chicago to go meet you know, young entrepreneurs, get inspired, make connections, blah, blah, blah. And I met this one duo called Tiesta T. I don't know oh, if you're yeah. familiar. Yeah. I'm actually, so they're going to be on the show here in uh, in a few weeks. Dude, the co- okay, you got to ask, when you meet them, you ask the co-founders about their – I, I won't, I won't uh, give – well, they have an amazing startup story in the sense that they used to, like, sleep in the car – they would sleep in their cars – outside of these like tea conventions they, they were just they're the definition of hustling yeah. but the two frat bros that got introduced to tea in like spain yes and they're like yo we could we could sell this and then they actually put their money where their mouth was so they're cool man i like them yeah. they got that chicago hustle but yeah so tsat introduced me to loose leaf tea um and that's why i started brew my own loose leaf tea that was great but my tea journey really started when i traveled to singapore so i spent six months in Southeast Asia. Okay. And man, I mean, uh, I, I, there's two really good stories I want to share with you. But the number one is uh, when I was in Singapore, I remember there was one week um, I was flirting so hard with this French girl. I mean, <laughs> I met this, uh, her name is Leah and I, um, we're, we're good friends now, but man, this, she was beautiful. The way she spoke was like, makes your knees wobble. She was a ballet dancer. And I was like, oh, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, the French, yeah. Dude, French women, uh, amazing. 
love it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take you to this awesome tea shop. It's actually was just outside my jujitsu gym in Singapore. So I used to go there anyway to like read, read my book after doing jujitsu. And so I was there one time. I got really close with this old woman that ran the tea shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was adorable. She would tell me like how her family, uh, ox- oxen, what do you call it when you convert green tea to black tea? Oxidize. Oxidize. So she would tell me how their family would oxidize the green tea leaves and like the banana leaves. Tell me the whole yeah. like story. But I'd bring her there. And I told this old lady, hey, I'm bringing this girl named Leia. I want to impress her. <laughs> Save me that top tier tea. Yeah. And so we're sitting there and we're, we're ha- uh, having lunch, whatever. She comes over. She goes, uh, I, oh, I'm not going to do the accent. So we <laughs> like, do you know this boy? And Leia's like, yeah, yeah. We met a few days ago. This boy, I love him. I'd marry him myself, but I'm 82. And she goes, you know, you know, men who drink hot tea. You know what they say about men that drink hot tea? And Leia's like, oh, what's going on here? And she goes, she goes, when you when you drink tea with someone, they bring on what she was saying. She was saying, when you're drinking a hot beverage with somebody, you associate warmth with them. Right? Mm. So this idea that the warmth, friendly, someone you want to marry. And she was like, It's a good sign this boy drinks hot tea. I would uh, it's marriage material. And I'm like, Whoa, lady, you're joking. <laughs> I just I literally met her three days ago. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but it was uh really cool i would i actually would drink tea with her a lot she would just tell me stories of like growing up in china but that one aspect of drinking tea so like now on my dates i i'll try to get like a, a tea date is my favorite thing because now you're associating like warmth friendliness calmness with like the person oh, you, you're meeting you took her advice you, oh you, honestly, you don't when, when an ancient old chinese lady tells you advice you take that that's that is true and honestly old Old ladies, old women, experienced women, I should say, they are they the best dating. wingmen. They, they are the best wingmen, wing women, sorry, wing women. And it's, yeah, that that's hilarious, though. That is such an amazing story. I yeah. love that. We did end up dating, but we're actually still friends. We, we message on Instagram. We actually study, yeah. uh, study together sometimes. Like we're, we're both Jewish, and so we'll like send yeah. each other these, like, wisdom or these essays and then we'll send little voice notes and i yeah. get to hear her accent and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah you're a big uh voice notes guy i like that wait 100%. so i gotta i gotta back it up what was the top tier tea that she gave you, Do you so it was i'll be honest it wasn't i know the tea she gave me and i know why she gave it to me it's not the highest tier it's one of those blossom oh that's you've, a, you've seen they yeah. come little bud and they blossom beautiful that's a that's a way to impress someone. Yes, it's just a it's a green tea. The taste is very green tea, but it is like you're trying to impress a girl. You eat one of those they call like mm-hmm. little dragon blossoms. Yep, and it blossoms to the flower, and I'm like, oh, that's really pretty. Yeah, um, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and the cool thing too, she was teaching me. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm ranting about tea, but um, well, is, it is, <laughs> it is the podcast. Yeah. The podcast so. Re reusing tea leaves was never something I did before. And she and the, oh, yes. she tell me how the taste it adapts. Right, so you mm-hmm. buy a real strong tea. That first one really knocks you off your. I mean, it's, it's a strong flavor in your mouth. But then you re use that tea leaf, and it gets gradual and gradual. You can go the entire day and steep it six, eight times. Oh yeah, uh, it's yeah. interesting. No, I I love that because I've I did I just kind of learned that myself because I because of my green thumb I was just like 
I don't want to throw this away. This looks like it's still good. Like I'm actually, <laughs> hey, I, have, like, I have jars of my dried leaves just like around my kitchen because I'm like, I'm going to use this for something. Like if anything, I have a garden in my house now, I'm going to just like use it as like fertilizer. But yeah, to, to what you said, it's, it's so true. That first steep is tick is typically so strong and like, yeah, it hits you in the, hits you in the face sometimes. And especially with like yerba mate, like we're drinking today, I know the proper thing if you have just straight up yerba mate is to actually rinse the leaves and to get rid of the first almost wash or the first steep. I, again, I don't like to do that because I actually like the, the kind of strong flavor it gives it at first. Um, but then, yeah, as you just keep going, now I'm, yeah, I use this little pot I have right here. I mean, I make... I make like five, six of these pots a day and it's of like the same tea. It just keeps going. And I, I love it. I mean, like what better you get, you pay for one cup or one pot and then you get six out of them. Like it's amazing. Yeah. She was telling me when I used to go to her tea store, I would keep re-steeping tea. She's like, you got to buy another one. I, I'm not making <laughs> a million bucks. Yeah. She's like, I'm losing money uh, because of the Corey. <laughs> no, she was cool, man. It was like the one thing I really enjoyed about, Singapore, or especially, I I mean, Southeast Asia as a whole, but when you come from Western culture, yeah, you, you don't realize, and let, well, so I, so, uh, even myself, so I didn't grow up religious myself, yeah. um, and so, honestly, you don't really know why you have your values, you, there's everyone, all your neighbors have, have those values, all your neighbors mm-hmm. have a certain way of thinking, and it's, it's normal, and listen, Western culture is dope, but when you go to Southeast Asia, not necessarily Singapore, because Singapore is almost like a Chinese Britain. It's a very, it's got a lot of British culture similar to Hong Kong. But yeah. you start traveling, your values start getting challenged, and you just, but not in a, in a in your face like I'm challenging you. You start just questioning why you do certain things. Yes. And when you kind of meet someone, uh, especially who's very traditional Chinese, and you just kind of talk about her life, talk about uh, her values, her kids, and you just sit down with her. It either does two things. It either reinforces your current values. You're like, yeah, doubling down, this is great. Or you start questioning why we do certain things um, in Chicago or, you know, you're in Minnesota. Um, and definitely, I mean, one thing was, yeah, drinking tea. There's kind of the benefits there, but it's even bigger uh, values that can get challenged. So that was probably the coolest thing that she introduced uh, to me. I don't talk to her anymore. Shout out. Yeah. So now I'm back here. But um Oh man, I just really enjoyed my time with her, and then I would meet her. Like her children would come through. Um, it was cool. That was my like little little hangout joint after jujitsu. I would read my book or I'd do some studying. Yeah, dude, that's that sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds kind of like the life for me, in my opinion. I was actually debating moving. This was pre-COVID. I was debating moving to uh, moving abroad somewhere, but just everything kind of got shut down and I'm, I'm glad I'm very glad that I'm in the place that I'm at right now. Um, cause every, I do, I'm a firm believer in like everything happens for a reason, but that sounds like something that, that kind of like tugs at me like, Ooh, that could, yeah, be, dude. that could be a fun. So I'm curious though. I guess I'm curious in a couple things, but with those values, like I have a lot of questions with this. Uh, with but with those values that you're talking about, was there anything, any like one thing that she instilled in you? that you took away besides tea that just stuck with you. And you're like, now, like there's no looking back or maybe even what, or the opposite where she, you saw her do something and a value. And like you said, it just confirmed like, yes, this is me now. 
you know what? So it uh, wasn't her, uh, a different woman. Uh, well, actually, probably my Asian girl. Um, so I went to Indonesia uh, on one trip. Place I went. Yeah, you've been. Where'd you go? Uh, Jakarta. Oh, so okay, busy city. Good, good. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll ask you why. Yeah, yeah, it's a random country. But it's huge. So you realize it's huge. I didn't realize it's not right. Huge. Yeah. Huge. No idea. No idea when I first when I went there. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and all the different islands are just so different. Anyway, so I was in um, not Bali. But I was in an island. So people know where Bali is. Yes. Or if you don't, go on Google Maps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I was in an island east of Bali, um, where there is there was this uh, volcano you can hike in. So it's got this blue flame because it has a high concentration of sulfur. Okay. Um, one so stupid. This our guide and I gave us goggles, and I couldn't sleep for two days because you would just close your eyes yeah. and it would burn. You're like, oh my god. Anyway, that went away. But yeah, the daughter of our guide. So her name was. I think it was Sloniki. Sloniki. Um, I call her Sal. Anyway, so <laughs> so we were traveling with her, and the reason I bring her up is we traveled with her for four days to get to this volcano because the it, it was uh, traffic's not good in this island. But now speaking with her, she spoke such good English, and I that was she was one of the few guys that spoke English. So me and, and my my travel mates were we were, we were you know we were in this car with her for a while. And I was talking with her, and it's interesting. I mean, she is she's a Muslim, right? Yeah. Uh, not an Arab. So she's a Muslim like that. Southeast Asia has like a high Muslim it's, uh, population. So Indonesia is actually yeah. the highest populated Muslim country in the world, which is which shook me because I'm like, whoa, that's you think of the Middle East a lot of times. At least I do, I should say. Yeah. And yeah, that was a very surprising fact when I that I learned there. But yeah, sorry, let's go on. Yeah, she was amazing, man. We were talking, and at first, whenever I would travel to Indonesia, I'd be very kind of hush about uh, my Jewish religion because mm -hmm. there's the government, there's a lot of issues, but the people yeah. are so nice. So, so I was meeting with her, yeah. it was comfortable, and uh, I remember it was Friday. It was Friday night, so for us, it's Shabbat, and we were eating dinner at her home, and I, and I tried teaching her about, like, hey, this is in my culture, we do Shabbat, yeah. and the value I got for her is – it, it, it like didn't phase her. She was just interested. It wasn't her culture, but she was like happy that I had a passion. Yes. And I saw that. And, and, and maybe you were asking what changed my values. This is actually cemented that no matter where I was going, Southeast Asia, whether it was people who had hundreds of gods or we have one God or they worship this idol or they are, uh, they worship the, the, the land they're in, man, they were just, they are happy if you were passionate. Yes. And they had no, I mean, these people had no money, right? They were so poor. Well, luckily our tour guide, we paid them well. Uh, mm -hmm. But I would, I would ask them like, they like, they, and they knew cause they have internet. They knew they were poor compared to others. But they were so happy, man, because they were just passionate about what they did. Mm -hmm. um, and they were so good. These guys were one of the best. Um, I want to call them explorers, but they were the, one of the best guides in this area. And they took very big pride in that. But man, like they, they, they were just, it was interesting that they lived on so little, but I think they were happier than the majority of people we interact with on a daily basis. And same for this grandma that ran this little store, Singapore. Like, it's crazy how far passion will take you when the rest of your life may not be. I mean, these people had shoes that were like 
it's almost hard to describe the poverty they were in and the poverty that we saw and that they let us sleep in their beds. They slept on the floor yeah. and they wouldn't let us, they wouldn't let us have them sleep in their beds. Like, no, no, no. You, we sleep on the floor. You sleep in our beds. Yeah. But man, they were just so happy. And like, that was a cool thing to pick up that like passion uh, in every culture. Yes. Uh, carries you so far. And that's kind of a, I'm gonna get off my soapbox. That was one of the biggest thing that cemented me. Maybe the different, maybe the value that I wish I brought on, especially with that, even the grandmother was family. Mm -hmm. um, you see it a lot. Like when I travel to Israel, I see a lot there. When I travel to, I don't want to say not American places, but this idea of like ride or die with your family, or it, with your greater community yep. is something I, want to pick up more I, I think it's in american culture it's hard where you can really survive on your own right yes you don't, you don't really need a wife you can get a dog uh you don't need fi financial help if you work a great white collar job like you, you can go your entire life fully self-sufficient yep um but man like when you when i travel these people like they they move to the family unit like they they all had their role, which, which I thought was so like awesome because they all felt needed. It was cool. Yes. Yeah, it really gives you that sense of purpose almost. I mean, a lot of people are looking for purpose and passion, like you said, and that's I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's, not, it's <laughs> such a yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's if you've never had mate before. Some people have literally said it's almost like a trip. Like you yeah, I'm wide awake, man. Yeah. Like you're, you're, oh. So welcome. Welcome to the Yerba Mate. Yeah. Deep breath. Okay. Um, but no, I couldn't agree with you more. That is such a such a staple in like you said, basically not America. Literally everywhere in the world. That's why I love traveling is I get these experiences. I've been to Ireland. I had this experience in Ireland. I've been yeah. to Asia, same experience there. Like it's, you get that culture all over the world, but not so much here in America. And it's interesting, like, and that's, and it's not saying that we're wrong and they're right. It's just, it's different. And like me, I'm following kind of that American path where I, I knew after college, I wanted to separate from my family. I needed to, I needed that self-sufficiency just to get me going, like to, yeah. to really just find, just kind of just discover who I was. Cause there was just like times I, I really just didn't know. And now I'm, I know that path or I know the path for now, who knows what's going to happen to it. But yeah, it's, that is one of my favorite aspects of traveling is meeting people, learning their culture, their lives and expanding my horizon on, okay, it's almost like a recalibration. What am I doing? What am I doing that maybe I can fine tune? Like you said, maybe this is something that I want to keep doing, or this is something that like, okay, take a step back. Should I maybe rethink this? Cause same thing. Like I, I identify as Christian. And when you share that into all, all the Muslims I met in, in Indonesia, amazing. Like we had the greatest conversations. Like they were so interested. I was so interested in their religion. We were just back and forth. And what was interesting in the Muslim culture I found was the, they weren't always, they didn't talk about some things. That was one thing I found a little interesting in the Muslim culture. And maybe that was just a few people I talked to. Maybe that's the, like, I can't speak for everybody. I mean, it's such a big religion, but that was like the one thing like 
there there were some things that weren't discussed whereas like yeah i don't know but uh, did you have that experience ever that's a good it's a good question i think can i ask you are you talking with men or women men oh right. okay I know usually in a more conservative Muslim family, women won't speak much yeah. uh, to the men. And, you know, it's interesting. I I guess I'm curious on the topics you're bringing up. Maybe I wasn't asking as pointed a uh, question. I know I was definitely a little more reluctant, especially just as a – because the, the two Muslim countries I spent a lot of time in was Malaysia and Indonesia. Yeah. But I wasn't as – like right now I'm wearing a, a kippah. I wasn't as open. Uh, about in those countries, just because I know there's a lot of government issues um, between those countries and like Israel, those countries and like that, the, the faith. Yeah. But I would more ask like more conversations where I'm like more just like general level. I wouldn't go too deep, uh, too much detail into their kind of faith. I, I didn't want to sound offensive. Yeah, Plus, yeah. I'm sleep- usually when I'm traveling, like I'm sleeping with these guys. They're luckily I have American dollar. So American dollar goes a long way, but they're kind of also yeah. protecting you. Um, mm-hmm. And these, we were in pretty rural areas. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, it was, it was pretty chill. Um, there were definitely some things like, um, for example, I don't know if you've ever seen, if people ever follow my social media, I post these pictures of me like wrapping these black boxes. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. So, I mean, why not? No time like the present. What? So, yeah, can you explain that? It's, and so, for those of you who have never seen what Corey does it's, it literally looks kind of like a leather and correct me if i'm wrong is it leather? very kinky <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to say it because i think it's religious so. yeah, yeah. So these, these boxes and you can see this art behind me yes yeah so, how it's wrapped. so for the i mean obviously i don't have the video portion of this podcast unfortunately oh, yet. Describing word. this go is on. yeah go ahead explain it because i'm gonna do i'm gonna butcher it yeah, yeah so people listening i want you to imagine Okay, so you can Google Tefillin, T-I-F-E-L-L-E-N, but there are these two, I want to imagine two black boxes that like a observant Jew would wear. One is on the arm across his heart, so I'm a righty from my left hand. The other one goes on the top of my head, mm-hmm. and you wrap these kind of leather straps around your arm, then around your hand. Uh, it sounds as weird as you'd imagine, because it's a very weird thing. Uh, be the first one to admit that, but we, we do it in the morning during our morning prayers, and it's hard to describe. It's probably the most life-changing. So it's, it's the most life-changing thing I've ever done in my life. And I started doing it before this sound weird. I started wrapping the film. Let's say even before I started really having faith in God or even believing in God It's one of those things that you did it first and the rest came with it. That's really cool. It's weird. Um, but it, it sounds so to your listeners, it may sound weird. Just imagine, you know, how med- everyone likes to do meditation. Everyone's very, you know, imagine this is Judaism's, Judaism, Judaism's way of doing morning meditation. It takes about uh, 30 minutes. Um, you have these boxes on, uh, on you, and then inside these boxes are actually parchments. So people know what parchments are. Parchments are like these little, uh, not paper like you guys imagine, like in your spiral. Imagine like a paper that came from a cowhide. Oh, okay. Parchments, so like fine quality paper. Uh, yeah. Not thick like leather, but similar to that. And then they're rolled up in these boxes. These boxes contain certain verses in Torah. Uh, but pretty much the whole idea behind it, and even what we're talking about right now with our tea, and I am hyped on caffeine. So, <laughs> um, 
it's all about the mind body connection, right? So I don't know if your listeners, people who probably do jujitsu may be more into this idea that there's definitely a difference between our mind and our body. There's some mm-hmm. kind of separation, right? If I chop my, if I chop my arm off, I'm so Corey. Yeah. Uh, if I get a kidney transplant. I'm so Corey. Yeah. But there's definitely something where I start messing with my brain. I may not be Corey anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting for your listeners uh, or maybe uh, more secular. You know, I don't need to be religious to think about this, but there's definitely this mind body. There's definitely a separation there. So uh, in the morning, pretty much these, these prayers we do, it's all about your mind controlling your heart. Right. So animals are the opposite. Animals walk horizontal where their mind is the same level as their heart. They run on instinct. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I want sex. I want baby uh, danger. They are emotional animals. For humans, we have an obligation to leave their mind, right? To be cognitive, to be present, to be, to not let other people influence us without our reaction. And so it's interesting that to, that to fill in the boxes in our, our brain, our, our head, and then it's across from our heart. This idea that always being conscious that your mind should be leading your actions, right? And so it's um, it's funny, man. It's like you do it. For, I've been doing it for two years, and I really haven't felt the difference. It, it took years for it to finally like hit me. At first, I was just kind of doing it like that. This mm-hmm. is just a, a thing we do in Jewish culture. You know, I'm something I want to grow in. I didn't really feel it, and personally, I don't. I didn't like praying for a long. I still don't. Um, yeah, but it's one of those habits, man. Like you can talk about this probably in, in your in your um, passion for tea or passion for jujitsu. You just got to kind of somebody need to start something and mm-hmm. not realize the effects yet. Hundred percent. Dive head first. <laughs> yeah, just dive. Like, shut up. Like, just tr- yep. trust someone who's giving you good advice. Now, I'm not saying blind faith. There's a whole there's issues with that, but at yeah. a certain point, just kind of shut up. If, if you trust the person who's recommending this to you, just do it mm-hmm. and like, see what happens. Don't, don't ask a million questions beforehand. And that has its place, right? If I'm working my job, there's certain times where like, I, I work with electrical infrastructure, you know, sometimes I got to ask questions. I got to make sure this is safe, but I'm not talking about those scenarios. I'm talking about, you know, someone's, someone's trying to give you a habit that you think is be good. Like, like meditation. Let's bring more secular, like deep breathing, cold showers, Okay, people are having good effects on it. No one's dying from cold showers and deep breathing. Just do it. See what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's so funny. On that note, literally this afternoon, I'm gonna go jump in a lake with um, this dude. We are. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm one of those guys. I, I like to do like the Wim Hof jumping in lakes and trying to sit as long as I can. But we're. Um, this guy, he, I met him in like a small group of uh, people that I, I meet with on Tuesday nights and started the conversation and I brought it up and he's like, oh man, I've kind of always wanted to do it. So I texted him yesterday. I'm like, hey, I'm going tomorrow. You want to come? And he's like, yep, I guess so. Yep. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to go. And I'm like, that's it. Like, see, like, because he's had so many questions. I'm like, dude, trust me, show up, bring warm clothes, like bring gloves, bring socks, like, but you'll be fine. Like, he's like, hypothermia, you guys don't worry about it. He's like, I've been doing, I've sat in there for 12 minutes before and I'm, I'm, yeah. I got all my limbs. I'm good still. So like, and there's a guy I know who sits in it for 40 minutes and it's like, it's yeah, it's just absolute animals out there and they're perfectly fine. So it's like, okay, there's something to this clearly. And like, that's just an example for me, but you're so right. It's like at a per- certain point, you just got to go for it because I've one of the, there's a term that I've heard or a phrase 
It's called paralysis by analysis, where you are paralyzed in your position, whether it's literally like you can't move. I mean, there's sometimes you cannot just act on something because you're overanalyzing. It's that thought. It's that concept of just overthinking and just constantly you're going to question everything. And I'm big. I'm a big believer on questioning everything, everything. But at the same time, when it starts to lead to a lack of action, that's when I'm like, okay, hold up, go like, just go trust it. But while you're also going question everything, because that, like you mentioned, the blind faith, that's where, yeah you, get, yeah, you get yourself caught. And like, it's, um, I mean, that's why, like, when I talk about like me being a Christian, it's some, like, especially like the things that I've seen today, it like upsets me. Like, I, I'm almost like hesitant to tell people I'm a Christian because like the stigma that goes along with it, it's like, oh man, it, it upsets me. Like it, it, it does upset me. And I'm like, cause this is not what I believe. Like what I'm seeing these people do like the extreme, the people, the blind faith people that upsets me. It's not, it's not me. It's not what I believe in. People, people confuse. And actually I have a long, so for, for people, your, your audience's background, like I, I'm an engineer. So yeah. I'm a, right. Man of science. Right? Engineer. It's, it's, it's all, Oh, uh, wow. That's right. This stuff <laughs> is, is awesome. But people confuse, and this is something, uh, if you haven't met too many Jews, it's questioning is everything in our religion, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's a difference between faith and trust. You can't trust what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You have to have faith in what you don't know. And there's a distinction there that's very, I'll be honest, one of my biggest struggles, especially as an engineer with all of our critical thinking, mm -hmm. it, it drives me nuts. I mean, I, I my bookshelf's in front of this camera, but I have books and books about this, this difference between faith and trust. Uh, and if, if your audience though, the word for trust in Hebrew is bitachon. Mm, okay. And then uh, amuda, is it amuda, amida? Um, amuna is faith. So there's there's these two separate words are, are so important, but getting back to what you're saying is you need to ask questions because you need to understand. So the, where the blind faith comes in is that if you do something without knowing why. Mm-hmm. You can still do something. You can still let's uh, let's even take um, jumping the lake, right? Let's, let's keep that example, yeah. right? That person has trust in you and your opinions, and he's going to ask you questions about why this is beneficial. Mm -hmm. He's going to ask why it's beneficial, why this is going to help us, but he has to have faith that he'll never know until he does it. Yes. You can tell him all the research. You can tell him about Wim Hof. You can show him all the videos. Yep. And that can give him the trust. Okay, I know the logic behind it. Okay, I understand that. But where the faith goes in, his faith is that he'll have that reaction when he goes in to the like what you're saying that paralysis by analysis. Yeah. It can't stop the action, but you also can't do it without blind faith. Because if he does it without knowing the why, he's not, he's not getting the full benefits. If he doesn't know about slowing your breath when you're in the cold water, then he's just he's not getting the full effect. And you can take that metaphor. Um, to religion, right? So this idea that people, when they see bad religion, they yeah. want to completely abandon it. Yes. But I tell them, well, what do you do with bad science? You use good science. Mm -hmm. you know, bad science was, you know, the 20th century, what we saw in like uh, in Germany or what we may have saw with uh, some nuclear weapons, right? That's bad science. Yeah. You don't just abandon the entire field. 
right now you have good science. Good science is the rapid, um, the rapid prototyping of this vaccine we're all about to take, or most of us will take. Good science is uh, cancer research that we put so much money into. Mm-hmm. And so there are, of course, there is bad science out there, but you don't throw away science. Just like with bad religion, you don't throw away religion in the sense that whether we're right or wrong is, is what I tell my buddy. I'm like, right, because I'm very passionate about my faith. And let's say I, my, well, my life ends, it's over, and I was yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. I, had, I had an amazing life. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's, I mean, the worst case scenario, I'm wrong. And what? We all die and then there's nothing? Oh, well, whatever. I guess I had a great life. I mean, best case scenario, I'm right. And I, I don't even know if that's the best case scenario. But like, like, I don't know what the best case scenario right. is. <laughs> but like that, and it's just like, yeah, what's making me better today? And that's kind of better what today. I, yeah, what is making this life better? Because that's what I can focus on. I'm not going to stress myself out about this afterlife because no one knows and no one will know. And so don't stress yourself out about it. Just find what's right for you now and keep repeating that action and then let that blossom into whatever it may be. And that's what I've, and then that's what has drawn me to where my path and my path is completely different from people. And so that's why like, there's, there's a few things that get me frustrated with the Christian religion and people trying to push Christianity on others yeah. where I'm like, listen, everyone's on their own path. Like I'm a firm believer in what I believe, but at the same time, and I will gladly talk about it. I will share everything. I'll share my life experiences, but at the end of the day, it might not be your path. And that 100%. is amazing. Find it, find your path. If it is, I'm, I'd be more than happy to help guide you through it. But if not, no worries. That's cool. Let's do, let's do life together still. But like whatever. And so that's, those are sometimes the things that get me caught up and like questioning myself. Like what, what am I doing the right thing? Like, is this really good for me? But at the end of the day, I try to just remind myself like, okay, what has made me a better man? Like from five years ago, from last year, like what have I done that's made me better today? And that typically is like that recalibration of, okay, keep moving forward or stop that action and find another. Yeah, man, actually, I want to ask you, I'm, I'm going to say something, but I want to ask you about the idea of being a man. Uh, but before that, uh, one thing I will say to your audience, because uh, also one, one thing I am passionate about, I am a very, uh, I'm very public with my uh, religion, especially in Judaism. Yeah, we're, we're a bit more reserved. We don't, it's not we're reserved because like we don't want other people like, oh, stay away. It's more, our history is so rocky. It's like, why yeah. starts? Yeah, but before uh, that's a whole different subject. But I, I want to say this idea of pushing religion and others mm-hmm. in Judaism, we don't try to convert people, and yes. actually we try to prevent you. In the same, we like we make it very hard for you to join the tribe. Yeah, um, and the one thing I appreciate about that is that when I post like my my videos out there, my Jewish videos are really meant for Jews in my community. I think truth is truth. I think. Uh, the Jewish values are not just for Jews. Hundred um, percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we can talk about that. But it's, yeah, I never go out there. I never try to say, "Hey, my religion is better." Yes. So that it goes against everything in our religion because we we are meant to be a small. There's a reason there's 12 million Jews and not billion. Yes. Right. We are just a 
the word the Torah uses that we are uh, God's priest, right? We have a certain function, just like your heart has a certain role different than your kidney. Your leg serves a different purpose than your arm. We're not meant to be the whole body. And so it's, it's something I do notice in Christianity, but that's also some of the beauty of your religion in the sense that mm-hmm. there's a reason there's billions of Christians. Yeah. Um, and I, I love this idea of the proselytizing. It's a good idea, but like we were saying, there's a balance and there's an extreme extremism. And I wish that's something I'm happy I don't have to deal with because it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. funny. Man. I, feel, I feel asking about uh, Judaism. I'm like, dude, you were born. Um, yeah, whatever you're, you're born, keep that. <laughs> no, I told him, figure. You know, you know so little about your own religion. Why why ships so suddenly? But that's we, we can jump into that if you want to. But the one aspect I am. Why not? So why not jump yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. But so one thing I actually am very passionate about, and this was um, became more of my passion when I was in Asia because I had a lot of time to just read and talk yeah. to old Chinese ladies. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love is, that. Yeah. Is this idea of like, what does it mean to be a man or what does it mean to be a, a better man? I, which I find okay. such a fun thing, especially especially nowadays where there's all this people are trying to tell you what not to be. Yes. There's, there's a lot of ideas of masculinity of like what not, to, how not to be a man, but no, there's very few people out there and there's a bunch I follow on social media, but like what, it, what does it mean to be a man or either a man of faith or a man of his community? Like I'm curious Vince's opinions on maybe the man you're trying to be. And then maybe in general, what you hope, men should be and i'll put a little asterisk um obviously men and women can share qualities of course and they're badass women I, i'm about to go do jujitsu with a lawyer that she's a pearl belt kicks my butt dude yeah i get um, tapped by women all the time <laughs> it's awesome. like um, these like 120 pound women just yeah. i'm like on my back like a spider monkey can't do anything about it and then i'm choking i'm like i'm tapping out yeah amazing like, oh yeah this is not at all saying that like there are amazing women and yes 100% men and women they share a lot of things but there are different roles to me in men and women I mean I've heard this there's a lot of things I've heard about I I too follow a lot of people um, who I think embody a stronger a stronger man in the in life and in your relationship and you can kind of, I'm not going to dive into like what makes a man of faith, makes a man of like in the house. Cause I think that there are, you can get into like those nuances. But yeah. And we're not married. We don't, we don't yeah, know. Honestly, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. And, and that's the thing. I'm 25. I'm still learning. Like right. I think I've had a much better understanding in the last like three years of living by myself. I've had a much better understanding because I've gotten to know myself better. And so that to me, is the first step is learning to know yourself, yeah. know who you are, know your passions, know what gets you up and gets you going in life. If you don't know yourself, scratch everything else because <laughs> you can't do anything for anybody else until you help yourself. And no one's going to help you there. Like they, you can have as many mentors, teachers, whatever you want guide you. But again, this goes back to what we were talking about where, you got to take those steps for, your, for yourself. I was lucky. I was like forced into it, which I'm so grateful for because I moved to Minnesota. Didn't know anybody. My yeah. brother, I'm, my brother lived here, and which is why I moved here. He moved back to Chicago. I was here with my now ex. I was living with her. We broke up. I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm here by myself. Uh-huh. No, 
absolutely nothing. And this is kind of, I, I was like, okay, what do I need to do? I was like, find my passions. I love jujitsu. So I really dove in like every single day. I was, I was at jujitsu, just going, going. And then I was like, okay, what's up? What else is making me feel like I have a purpose, like feel like worthy in life. And that was like the church. So I got, I dove deep into the church. I got in, involved with life groups. That's actually, I went to Indonesia th- with my church. Um, oh man. Yeah. So we taught English out there, which was a lot of fun, but those were the things. So I dove into those and it's kind of exploded from there because I was like, okay, like you said, it's been, so now I've been like, okay, jujitsu is a part of me. This is something that is bettering my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health. Like literally it's, it is an overall body experience. Same with going to and practicing spirituality. <laughs> Same with practicing spirituality. Like it's an overall, it makes me, it refreshes me. And so if you're a man looking for something to do, looking for something to better yourself, I'd say get to know yourself, seclude yourself. Like I said, for me, I was forced into it and I'm beyond grateful for it. Um, so now it's those fine tuning how can I be more disciplined throughout the day? How can and you just had a, one of your talks, your Friday talks yesterday I think was on discipline and being the warrior of your mind, which I love because it's like that, like, man. And that's, yeah, I, I, I'm, I struggle with discipline so much. Like that is, that is something that is just a constant, constant battle. And I'm like, well, I, I've like tried to accept this, this is life like this is for the rest of life i am going to be having this battle until i die and there is no getting around that like it's not gonna be like all right once you hit 50 you're done you're good like nope you're gonna still have to it, it might even be harder because your body is now starting to decay and start to, maybe hopefully not 50 maybe like 80 90 but it's so like building these habits now i i think just i know from just seeing other people do it. And like you said, just having that trust in other people's processes, processes. I know that these habits now that I have are going to lead to a greater future. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, is that kind of give you an idea of what I see as being a strong man or a better man? That kind yeah. Of I, I think the first thing and your listeners can, can pick up on that and I'll, I'll share mine as well, but yeah. One, oh, before I even get to the serious part, man, the chick left you, left you in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, and oh, dude, it was at the time. We don't have to open up that wound, but I want no, if, if people, people haven't seen Vince's face. I mean, it's hard not to. <laughs> I can imagine a girl not wanting that long flow and beard. The, the flow and the beard. Well, dude, yeah, she's definitely missing. I have a beautiful loving girlfriend now that oh okay we're not uh, gonna mention oh yeah so what's her name sierra sierra Sierra, i I love her she's amazing absolutely like it it, like i said that and like hindsight that breakup i like look back i'm like what was i doing i dated that girl for three years like that was just a it was a bad relationship i look back i was not a man in that relationship i did not feel like a man in that relationship yeah i felt boy Yes, I was a boy in that relationship. I had no idea. It was actually my like first real relationship. Yeah. And yeah, we we like moved in together. We like basically did the whole thing. We moved in together. We bought a dog together. We 
Oh. It's terrible. Like, if I can recommend, like, be slow, guys. Especially, like, in your early 20s, like, 19, 20, 21. Like, whoa, stay, pump the brakes. You got a lot to lot to learn about yourself. So don't, yeah, don't impart that on someone else. So what I liked, um, what I liked hearing is that when you seclude, when you had to get secluded, yeah. You, so you mentioned knowing yourself, right? And like, I love that term. But if I'm a dude, listen to this. I'm like, how? Like, I, I get yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Through, but you only know yourself when you challenge. Like, you have to. Where are where are your boundaries? Like, the only way mm-hmm. to know yourself is to find. You, Oh, you were saying? I thought you were asking me specifically. Or you no, were saying, no, like, yeah, know your body. In a room, it's a yeah. dark room. You you can feel the space around you, but you don't know who you are until you figure out where's yeah. that wall. Yes. And you got that through the breakup, living alone, jujitsu. Like you found your physical wall, jujitsu. Yes. Yes. And that's like the first step. It's like where's your physical? Like know yourself physically. Mm-hmm. Which sounds so like we're just talking about all this spiritual sh- spiritual shit and like, but. At a certain point, to know your passions, you gotta know. You gotta kind of push yourself physically, because when you're at your, when you're at the, when your tank is empty, then your mind kicks in and goes, "No, we're not done yet." Like your mind will take you a lot further than your body, and you probably we probably know that from wrestling when we wanted to yeah. puke in the third period. Yes, yes. And that's where you know yourself. That's where your mind kicks in. You're like, "What do you really want? Are you are you really wearing?" Uh, now I'm wrestling metaphor. Are you really wearing tights in front of a bunch of high schoolers? Right. <laughs> like wrestling no you're like and that third period your mind tells you what do you really want why do you really want to win and like that is so important like that i think is the first step of transitioning from a boy to a man is knowing your your boundaries knowing your walls um which is what i just like hearing that because i have these conversations with a lot of men and all of them say the same thing all of them had to hit some kind of rock bottom not like you were really at rock bottom you were at a low yeah, I had a very yeah. It was a feel, probably the lowest part of my yeah, yeah, one of the lowest parts of my life. Yeah, and it's probably one of the something you'll never forget, and that turned you into the man like you are now. Which I just think, but it, it's hard because I I hate people who are not in shape. It's not like I look down upon them. I just think you'll never know who you are unless you, and listen, you can be you can be overweight and push yourself, but you just gotta that physically pushing yourself is the only way I think you'll know. Who you are, and I get a lot of blowback of like, "Well, what if I'm working outside my thing?" Figure out a different way, yeah, to push your body. Well, that's you could do it mentally. It's harder. Mm-hmm. Some of you academics out there, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there is there is some movement is necessary to life. Like just movement, moving your body is necessary for life. So I don't know if you know, I like recently I had my I had my LCL. I tore my LCL with uh, I that. yeah. And so it literally took away my movement for a while. And I hit another kind of like rock bottom where I was so, it brought up all of my like insecurities. It brought up, yeah. it literally reverted me back to the boy I was. And I was like, and so luckily knowing, having been through another, like other bottoms of my life, I'm like, okay, these, this was a lot quicker where like, I was like, okay, I'm insecure. I'm kind of project. I projected it a little on my girlfriend, and I apologize for that. But I'm like, yo, I was in a bad mental state. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Things I've I said, but it was, and but it happened. I was able to turn it around in a lot quicker of a time because I had experienced that before. And yeah, it's just like knowing. So knowing yourself physically is the simplest 
first step that you can take. And I guess I say simplest. It's a it's a challenge because it, it's not simple. It is simple. It's just it's really simple. Yeah, just sweat. Push yourself because, again, like, yeah, at that time, like, I remember I did a three-day fast and was still going to jiu-jitsu every day. That, like, last day, I was, like, literally, like, I would stand up, like, after a roll and, like, be like, oh, I got to lay back down. I just, like, would crawl up from that. I was, like, but, like, it was amazing. I'm here. I'm talking about it. I survived that. I felt great. And, yeah, it was just, like, there is you, – you get to know, like, just how strong your body is. And – when you know that, then it makes the mundane things of life so much easier when you can do those crazy, challenging things. And I haven't done that much craziness. Like, um, yeah. And listen, we're not saying, like, listen, Rich and I aren't doing 100 mile. We're not David Goggins over yeah, here. David Goggins out here. No. He's a different, like, he's different. He's 100%. Man. Yeah, very special it, man. It's even the small stuff. Like, I remember. I remember I'm doing it right now. Like I, I'm a big, oh, I wrote this down with something I want to talk about, but even like my morning routine, like a staple of my morning routine is working out just mm-hmm. because, and I'll be honest, my job can get very stressful, right? Especially I, I recently have been doing a lot of like material logistics. So I have a lot of schedules. I have a lot of problems that can come up. If I don't work out in the morning, I can just imagine myself just snapping at the client because they're just so, I want to tell who my client is, but man, it's like, there's so many things that come up and I, and, and I, and I'm sure if you follow Jock with the whole extreme ownership, like it's stuff that, mm-hmm. well, let me back up. If I didn't work out in the morning, my, my, let's how to describe it. Let's say you're about to have a really terrible day. You're about to have, let's say a day is rated from zero to 10. You're about to have a wicked three kind of day. And a three day is one you remember for like a month. Yeah. And you're like, this is just what a terrible day. So if you start, you start your day at, I'd say a neutral. Okay, I'm actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. Scale from negative ten to ten. Negatives is a bad day. You about to have a negative three day. You start your day at a zero, right? You wake up, you're at a zero. If you immediately jumped to that horrible negative day, mm-hmm. you're already just in the negatives, and it's you're going through that day. And by the end of the end of the night, like you're just you're stuck there. You can't do anything to get out of it. Yep. When you start your morning working out, bam, you start at like an eight. You're like, wow, I just worked out. The endorphins are going. And so when you have that terrible day, it really just brings you down to a, an okay day. It's mm-hmm. very hard to have a bad day when you start your morning with doing what makes you happiest, right? So when I wake up, it's like I wake up, I do my morning prayers, I do my studies, I go work out. I'm at like – I'm going to break my own scale. I'm at 100 in the mornings. And then anything that comes my way, like you're not going to mess with my emotions. I'm already just riding high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big advocate. People like to work out in the in the afternoon. Hey, that's fine. You like to end your day, but it's like, why would you put your happiest moment at the end of your day? Mm-hmm. I just people give me arguments. It's like something to look forward to. I get it. I do jujitsu at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, but then I also work. Like I also do the happy thing in the morning. So I have to start my day and end my day with like awesomeness. Yes. And it just oh, it feels good. I forgot. How I, oh yes. So I, I was curious about. Um, do you do anything special either in your morning or in your afternoon or evening? Like, is there anything that is a staple that kind of yeah anchors you down? Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm saying I love morning workouts. I've been um, yeah. It's it's my schedule changes a lot. So 
and just and I say that a lot like over like, the last couple of years where I've gotten into different routines. Um, Jiu-jitsu has always been always a nighttime thing for me, yeah. um, which not ideal because usually it, it takes one. It just makes it that much harder to get to because like I have so many excuses to not go to yeah. jujitsu. But once I get that, that's the once I know I'm there, it's yeah, like you said, the endorphins are high. Like I literally walk in, you you smell the sweat, and you're just like, all right, here we go. Like we're here, we're good. But so that's always a nighttime thing for me, uh, which is unfortunate because I'd love to make that a, a morning time. But so my morning, I wake up, and the very first thing I do or try to do is is make my bed. I mean, that's just a simple. Ah. Yeah, that's I, I've I heard it before. I mean, my mom tried to harp it on me when I was in high school, never did it. Then I started doing it, and it's so nice. It's so nice to make a bed. Like, it never made sense to me because I was like, oh, I'm just going to jump right back in like, and mess it all up. But there's just something like to it. Like, every time I walk in my room during the day and I just see it, and I'm like, there's just a calm. It's just calm. So it's like you, you look at it, you're like, oh, I did that. Like, that's just a very small – yeah, like I did. That's a small little accomplishment for the day. So like start off with a win. So I did that. And then a couple years ago, I sucked at push-ups. I literally couldn't do like 25 push-ups without like having to collapse. So I was like, what's what's wrong with me? Like I need to do push-ups. And so I literally was like, all right, I, my goal is to do 100 push-ups without like without a break. And so I worked up to it. So now every morning I wake up, do 100 push-ups. And you do that every morning? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I'd say okay. it's majority of mornings, but yes. And because it's something you can do literally anywhere. So I have no excuse, even though I do make excuses. Yeah, I thought you were just wearing a bra. Now I get it. Those are just your yes. pecs ripping you your sweater. You got to work for these babies, for these puppies. But no, so it's yeah. make your bed. I wake up. I do my push ups. And now, and with the beauty of starting by just 100 push-ups it's expanded into kind of a mini like 15 minute workout i don't get like a full-on workout but i so i have a pull-up bar so i do like a routine now of pull-ups push-ups squats just like body squats and then mostly i started adding some uh rehab stuff for for my knee um just some pt just do a little pt and so i just do like a little circuit just a tiny little circuit. Like in literally my upstairs has like a little between the two bedrooms has just like a little, little area. That's like my little circuit area. So I just do that. And by the end of it, like 15 minutes, I'm kind of like huffing and puffing just a little, just nothing crazy. Just, just enough to get my heart rate, her heart rate higher. And, um, and then I sit down, I literally just sit on like the edge of my bed then. And I try to slow down my breathing. I breathe a little. And if, I used to be dedicated every single day to journaling. Like that used to be something uh, I would do every day is journal. Yeah. But that, I don't know. Like I, I actually hard. kind of listen to a podcast. So it's one, it's hard. Um, but I listened to a podcast and like the guy was talking about how like he just noticed like every day he'd journal and he like read back. He's like, it was basically the same stuff like over and over again, which nothing's wrong with that. But he's like, I never saw any like progress. So he's like, now I journal when there's like the big things happen in life. And so like, that's kind of what I do. I sit down, I breathe, I slow down on my breathing. I get like 
mentally just kind of like a little bit of like a meditation, a prayer, kind of just tell myself like, thank you or tell God, thank you um, for just getting me up in the morning, being able to do the things I can do. And then I, if, if something sparks me and I'm like, Ooh, I need to write this down. I journal. If not, then I get ready for the day. Then, then it's, then it's go time, get out, get going. And those morning workouts, they change. They're very, sometimes they're, if I'm just like, super tight like maybe it's yoga maybe i'll do some like stretching um like this morning i just literally i just hung on my pull-up bar for as long as i could i was just hanging there and then i was like i woke up like a little later than i wanted because i went to bed later and i was just like hanging i'm just like okay this is gonna be like my workout for the day just see how long i can go and then so like that was like my workout and then i did like a little like i said pt for my knee but yeah, so it's it's an ever changing, but also it has that same style of wake up, make the bed, move the body, calm the mind, go, and then tea is typically like the first thing I do when I come down here. I come down to my to my first floor to my kitchen, I make myself a cup of tea, and I'm not set on like every morning I do green tea. It's like. I, I listen to the body. It's like, what do you, what do you need today? Like, what do you want? Do you want like a certain herb? Do you want like a, a certain tea? And then I go towards that. Interesting. Yeah. It's actually, and that's one thing I like when you, when you do these, these TSA tea guys, uh, soon. Yeah. I like how they brand their tea. Yeah. Almost It gets away from like, this is green. This is black. It's like energizer, relaxer. I, I like that little theme. Really, they have. Yeah. I really kind of was drawn to that too. It's a, uh, I literally actually, they just sent me a bunch of stuff. I got, I got some litty right here. They, I don't know. Wacky flavors. This is, I guess, a little, you know, a little shout out to Tiesta T. Why not do like a kind of side, side little sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> this is not paid. Don't sponsor. pay me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pay me. Um, no, but Tiesta T. Shout out to them. They got this is like one of their new flavors. It's Coco Mocha. They just sent it to me. I'm really excited. It's a tiramisu coffee black tea. So literally has black tea, coffee beans, white chocolate, chocolate, sweet blackberry leaves, yogurt. Pe- it's it's like everything that I love. Like I love the flavor of coffee. Yeah. People but, and Google Google TST, look at their packaging. Like yeah. they, they won awards just because of their packaging. And it's, well, it's just cool the way they. It is. It's exci- It's literally, you, it, exciting. It, it excites me. <laughs> like I yeah. see it and like, that's like my mom, like she loves it now. Cause like I got her into tea, which is super awesome and kind of through tiesta like i i just brought in because like i have this kind of partnership with tiesta now and yeah i just brought in some things she's like ooh, she's like what did you bring me and i'm like yeah like let's check this out and so she was like adamant she's like i hate tea i hate tea because she like her, her grandma would only give it to her when she was sick or not her grandma my grandma her mom yeah. and um yeah the so worst slipped so in like in a bag yeah, just, yeah just the bag teas which all right, I need to take a little side note. This is directed at the listeners. Get away from bag teas right now. Just do it. Get rid of it. There's so much. There's so much crap in it. It's like there's literally plastic in in bag teas. Um, there, the typically the leaves. If you are drinking a green tea for per se, it's after they make the loose leaf tea. It's literally the grinding leftover crap is what they put in the tea bags. It's crap. It's garbage. Don't drink it. It's usually like really acidic and like just it's I use it for like body scrubs. I make my own body scrubs too. Like green tea body scrubs. That's like what the tea bags I still have from like years ago. I just make them with like that 
because I'm like, I'm not going to use the good tea that I want to drink. But sorry, that was just a side note to any listener. Get away from tea bags. Do loose leaf. Yeah, it's also the thing, too. It's like you almost catch yourself. It almost makes you make your tea too bitter because people, they keep the bag in there. They oversteep it. They dip. They squeeze. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Ah, you're just like. I get it. And listen, it's easy. Sometimes you got back to you, you throw it in there. It's fine. It's super easy. I, I, yeah, it's really easy. And I get that. And so that's what I'm trying to educate people of how to do it in easy ways with loose leaf. Cause like you can, you, they have these, um, they have like actually reusable tea bags, like they're metal typically. Um, yeah. yeah. Some kind of silicon. Yeah, so I mean, you can do that if you still like the tea bag idea. I mean, it's more sustainable. You can still use. I mean, just invest in a small teapot. Like it's it's really easy. It's really yeah, easy. Or like Contigo makes these like little like yeah, those little metal things you put in there to see. It's so easy. You put blue leaf tea. You dump out your tea bag in the garbage. Your blue leaf tea in the garbage. Bam, you're done. Took me it's, no time at all. Um, no, they're very cool, but like. Even with those guys, I'll even speak about this is a whole different conversation. So yeah, actually before that, so they are, they're University of Illinois grads. That was my college goal. Yeah. And I Go still on. don't have a mascot, but we'll forever be the chief yeah. um, for us. But so would you, would you go to college for? Uh, chemical engineering. Oh, okay. okay. So that's a good, yeah. are you still doing? So kind of, I'm doing, I work for Ecolab. I, um, I'm a sales rep. For them i'm in the i'm in their water treatment division i do sales for so actually i work in the power industry that's my that's one of my uh, i was gonna i wanted to kind of talk to you about a little bit about power because it's a dude i i love it actually you you talked about like science and you're talking about like bad science versus good science and throwing away stuff yeah. like that and one of the examples immediately that came to mind was well when you said the nuclear bomb was nuclear energy because they're basically one in the same, but very different. One kills millions or whatever, and one provides energy and clean energy for people. So do you have an, yeah, what, what's your kind of take on nuclear energy? Because yeah. so I have I, a chance, but I'm yeah, curious. Yeah. So listen, I'm, for your listeners out there, uh, so I'm an electrical engineer. I did power systems and power electronics in college. I am an energy hippie. Yes. I'm also incredibly realistic with energy. And so people, and listen, I love how passionate people are about energy. I think it's amazing. It's also one of the most complex issues. People who, who, I love it. People, like the moral issues, I find very simple. Because like, right, I, I have uh, mm -hmm. my communities that help, help me answer some of those questions. But when it comes to energy, people make the energy problem as simple as at the whole pro-life, not like thing. I'm like, listen, that's complicated. Yeah, that's not, yeah. But energy, I would almost say is more complicated. Because there's not the, in those kind of moral arguments, there's a yay or nay. Okay, cool. Get that out of there. Energy, it's so complex. And I love my hippies that are like, we want all alternative. Yeah. I'm like, why would you not want nuclear? And so the, the case for nuclear. Yeah. So Illinois uh, runs almost two-thirds of its electricity comes from four or five nuclear power plants in the uh, Southern Illinois area. Okay. It is as carbon zero carbon neutral as you're ever going to get. Yeah. And the thing you only realize about the power industry. So I wish uh, they saw the video. So mm -hmm. I want you guys to imagine an X and a Y axis. Okay, cool. You have an X and a Y axis. 
I want you to draw a horizontal line across that on the y-axis. So on the x is time, you know, during the day, morning mm -hmm. to night, uh, y is how much energy you're producing. Utilities can't screw up, right? You, if you ever go to turn on your light and the lights don't come on, that is worst case scenario. There are huge problems. Yeah. So utilities need to have horizontal lines. They need to have power plants that they know exactly when they're going to run at what power and they don't want it to be changing because changing how much energy is being produced at major power plants, dangerous and expensive. Mm -hmm. So a nuclear power plant or even coal power plant, they used to provide us a clean horizontal line. So they, they can predict how much energy the city of Chicago is going to produce for the next three or four months. It's yeah. a very safe um, prediction. It's all statistics. So they know, okay, here's the base load. We know if we keep on these power plants, we'll, we'll hit 95% of the energy uh, city of Chicago is gonna gonna suck, but then there's certain things that lead to spikes, and that's <clears throat> you coming home from work, turning on your TVs, or there's different times during the day that's gonna be a greater spike than the morning. That's where where we hope for. And, and so, what used to happen is that you have peaker plants. So peaker plants for these yep. small, quick coal power, natural gas, whatever. Yep. Little plants they can turn on, and turn off real quick, very efficient to help with the peaker load. That's where we're hoping alternative energy is going to come in. Yes. Those wind turbines, those solar power plants, they're not consistent. Nope. And that's the big issue. And before we even talk about storage, let's let's take storage out of, out of the yeah. out of the question. When the sun when the solar power plant and the wind turbine is working, the energy needs to be used immediately. Mm -hmm. And so the way we want to use that is to help decrease that horizontal line. So we can say, hey, let's have less of those continuous power plants running. And then throw in some alternative energy to help supply the load. That's best case scenario. But the problem is that you can't predict the wind, you can't predict the sun. And the issue, and it's so frustrating, is that you can't you can't you can't screw up the power grid, right? You always want more energy. And there's even power plants that they run for insurance. So there's energy that's being just put right into the ground, not being used yep. to just have redundancies. And so people who want all this 100% renewable, it can't work right now mm -hmm. because there's so much risk. And people who want to push 100% renewable, they don't realize that companies are investing in these gigantic uh, diesel generators. There are all these secondary powers that are dirty because they, they don't trust the, the WIMP and solar power plants. So the solution here is everything working together. Yes. You, need, you need it all and you need to be consistent with it and, and it's hard to talk about innovation and power because there's many innovations but there's no screw-ups screw-ups are uh wildfires in california are the nuclear issues in in japan and other countries um and so that's my thing with energy like obviously one day i would love solar power plants wind turbines everywhere yes but you need you need nuclear you need nuclear you need natural gas you need these gigantic hunking power plants Mm -hmm. to provide safety to allow new uh alternative energy to blossom and that's kind of my two minutes we can we can dive in anything there but it's 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 me as an like i grew up my senior my senior design was a solar powered street light with a doppler radar so you wouldn't waste uh your street lights being on 24 7. like i yeah. i love alternative energy guys i think it's amazing yeah. i just yeah. wish activists had engineering degrees <laughs> <laughs> right like like the education, I just, I want there to be more education about it because 
I'm, I'm the same way. Like I took a bunch of courses in college about sustainable energy. And we had literally one of my favorite parts about that class was we had debates. Like every Friday was a debate day where the debate topic would be nuclear. The debate topic would be solar, yeah. coal, whatever. We just talk about energy and then we would kind of just debate about it. Um, and dude, there's so like exactly like you said, the, the intermittency of solar and wind it's just not reliable. I mean, like you said, we you kind of touched on it, this. There's no storage. We don't have enough big enough batteries that can hold that energy. Because if we figured that out, amazing. That that kind of solves a, a huge, a huge chunk of that problem. Um, but we don't. And so you need to keep those base load plants on, which right now predominantly are natural gas and coal and nuclear. So anyway, it, it breaks my heart. They're th- nuclear is such a political item. They're I know. Them down left and right. I know, and it's literally devastating. I, I work because so I have customers all over Minnesota. I have two nuclear plants. I have the largest coal plant in Minnesota is a customer of mine, and when I go like literally even just working in these plants, like the the days that I go into the plants, the the coal plant, I just feel worse. Like there is literally coal dust everywhere you you cannot deny i come home it is all i'm head to toe covered in coal (laughs) i'm literally i'm blowing my nose it's gross i'm blowing my nose and and i just feel like i'm like okay i need to i don't like it i I hate it i go into a nuclear plant the cleanest place the the safest place they have so many safety regulations like they were telling me that the building that holds the reactor is not only in minnesota let me remind you not only rated for an earthquake a tornado a tsunami it's it's rated for a terrorist attack so if multiple planes were to crash into it perfectly fine it's rated for literally anything the the you could try to drive a tank in there there are snipers that come around like there's it's kind of terrifying like when you walk into these places just because of how secure it is like if you were a bad guy like not the place to be there is literally a militia in every nuclear plant but the idea behind it i mean there's just the unfortunate part is the devastations that have happened at nuclear plants have been so devastating and wiped out so many areas that people fear that. And we, But the thing is, we fear those things in the past, but we've also learned from it. So let's keep diving in and like learning. And now we have so many safety regulations and so many like, um, I'm blanking, like redundancies, so many redundancies in the nuclear plants that it would it's near impossible to have a meltdown and not be safe like even if a meltdown did occur and for your listeners just so they know so there's been three catastrophic nuclear um catastrophes there's that one in new york that long what's called long Long island long island the soviet union something like that 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 was earth that that was that was when when we went to the that was almost before cell phones in the sense so the the mile the mile one mile that was we were just we were just pl- that was so long ago it, it's not even no one even talks about that in textbooks so that yeah. power plant in the Soviet Union if you guys the HBO docu series on that Chernobyl, Chernobyl yeah watch that you realize that nothing to do with the technology no. that was Soviet Union being Soviet yeah, Union pushing and like, yeah it was yeah and then Japan the one in Japan and this is the unfortunate thing about Japanese culture uh, the designer. It was a bad design to start with. Yeah. And they had plans on decommissioning it 
but they wanted to wait until the designer died because they didn't want to tarnish his name. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah, so it was, again, it's a, that was a person issue. So there's never been a bad it, nuclear design. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, and I know with the one in, um, and I'm blanking on what's what city it was in, in Japan, um, but the one that happened there, they had like the perfect storm too, where there was not only tsunami, earthquake, there was a tsunami. It was like, like you said, the decommissioning was was kind of already in the thought process. So I did not know about the name, like the reason that they didn't. That's crazy. Yeah, they didn't want to tarnish because he was a very big, he was big up in government, and they, it's wow. honors such a big thing in Japan. That's that's fascinating. I I like that. That's well, don't like it because of what it resulted in, but it's a that's just a cool fact. But yeah, so. Another item I, I want to tell your listeners too is that so what what Vince was saying, what I was saying, yeah, coal sucks, right? Yes. Not, only, not only from like a listen, climate change. My argument with climate change, I don't care about the feelings. It, it's got to make sense economic wise, and coal mm-hmm. doesn't even make sense financially. So no one is on team coal because oh, I like it better. No, it's yeah. it's just cheap right now. So if, yeah. if you're ever gonna win the climate change argument, you gotta talk finances. However. There's also this weird signal with natural gas and fracking. And people don't realize if you hate coal, like I hate coal. We hate coal so much. How do you get rid of coal? You got to jump to natural gas. It's a transition fuel, right? So we can easily get rid of our coal power plants by doing these clean, high efficient natural gas plants. And we've gotten so good at fracking. And people, okay, earlier fracking was very bad for the environment. It was yeah. done very poorly. Now there's so many... America loves regulations, and now it's so quick, clean, and efficient. It's made natural gas so cheap. So two big things have happened. One, we're using natural gas as a transition fuel away from coal. How do you shut down coal power plants? You don't just shut them down. You still got to supply that load to those cities. You replace them with natural gas power plants. Yeah. And as we start replacing with natural gas power plants, we get more money because it's cheaper to put carbon cleaners on carbon power plants. So people also don't realize America has the cleanest carbon power plants in the world. Hmm. Now, other nations, uh, lesser developed nations, or you have China, you have Indonesia, they're still using coal, and their coal is nowhere near as clean. Their, their coal power plants are nowhere near as clean as ours. Yeah. So when you start shutting down, um, so okay, before I go into that, so ready? Point one: America has the cleanest coal power plants. Point two: I'm moving to natural gas. But if people have this stigma against natural gas, now we have to start. We have to start importing our energy. So if we don't allow us to supply our own energy with natural gas because we have so much in America that we now have to buy clean um, energy. Because no matter what, we have a certain energy. Let's say we need to supply ten gigawatts. It's nowhere near that. But um, cool. If we start shutting down our power plants, we still need ten gigawatts. You know, we don't just pretend we need less energy. So now we start buying dirty fuel from Russia from Indonesia, from China. And so if America doesn't become the energy leader, then other nations are going to start buying dirty energy. So people who love the climate change argument, you should want America to have the most coal power plants, the most natural gas, the most everything, because we do it the best. We do the cleanest. You don't want to allow other other countries to produce cheaper fuel than us because their methods are dirty and they're going to pollute the air. And so... It's, it's hard because obviously you want America to be 100% re- renewable or you want to be 100% clean, but we're still going to be importing energy. Like you, uh, we're, we're, our loads are always increasing. And so 
it's it's not the better two evils, but people, it's a gray situation. Um, yeah. And even about storage, so even cooler by natural gas. So, okay, battery storage, guys, you guys got to put that on the back burner. It's not yeah. coming for a long time. Uh, Elon Musk is even struggling to do his own cars. <clears throat> so forget about battery storage for a long time. What's amazing at storage right now is actually natural gas. So you can build these gigantic natural gas reservoirs underground. And so we can convert the wind and solar energy and we can convert that to heat and keep these molten kind of natural gas reservoirs underground. Mm -hmm. And then when we want to tap in that energy again, we use that heat to turn turbines. Yeah. So we're actually finding ways to use natural gas to store wind energy, hydro energy, um, solar energy. But again, you need natural gas. And how do you get that? You get that through this fracking process yeah. that we started. And how do you transport that natural gas? You need these you need these pipes. And I know uh, Biden just got it. And slow me down if I'm ranting. This is like my passion. Well, but Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm interested in the pipe because – The XL pipeline. The, so yeah, yeah. I do like that he stopped it, to be honest. Because um, – I don't like that they are just driving through. I mean, so the, the, native, the native people, we've primarily, we fucked them enough. Like 100%. we have fucked them so like so horribly. And so like, what's the the another big fuck you is just driving this, this pipe right through. So I like, yes, I I'm in like agreement, but like this is, and this is like the arguments is yeah. How do we do it? Like, the efficiency economically, they need they should go right through it and and get that pipeline to yeah so so we can transport so we can get the natural gas like you're talking about but I, there has to be some morals there has to be some some yeah. moral line that you have to draw and like that's that's where I'm at like I'm I'm happy that they stopped it because that was too, that's too much for me like I, I just think that that's that's drawing a line it's I don't know like I said it's just it and this is the the argument is people think. And you're just, you're so right. It's such a gray area where you gotta. It's not one way or the other. Like there has to be morals along with economic thinking, like with this business aspect. And a lot of people just focus on the morals, and you, you can't. You just can't do that. Yeah. So my question too is like, what? Why are we going through? I understand it's probably the cheapest go from line yeah, A to line B. Straight, yeah, straight line probably. Yeah. Like, why can't we go anyway? So I don't yeah. know the, the the story behind the XL pipeline. But even what you're saying, why 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 do why do we have to go straight to shutting it down? Why can't we do a new path? But let's yeah. let's let's take Excel off the because I know that's a hot topic. Pipelines as a as a whole, huge controversy. Yep. <clears throat> but then, okay, we, we want to get rid of coal, and I personally want well, to get rid of all coal. How do you now transport natural gas across the yeah. world? And you have to use trucks. What do trucks burn? Yeah, exactly. Like, Right, it's so hard. There's no that's good answer. There's no, there's no good answer, and that's, and that's why with engineers like activists, I get it. They're passionate. We want this or that. It, it's a, and it's actually a huge Jewish principle. Is that so? If people ever Google ethics of our fathers, you don't have to be religious to read this book. This book is the best wisdom. So okay, Stoicism. Stoicism got it. Uh, do, do you know what uh, Sto the Stoic Stoicism is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, I, I mean, if you want to define it, but like just being. Right, uh, so if people know people know that better, that was based off ethics of our fathers. Okay. So the Greeks based that wisdom. So in in ethics of our fathers, one aspect is that 
either you the biggest gripe to fall into is that either or mm-hmm. i mean these, these this is a three thousand year old wisdom is that never see the world as this or that this a or b red or blue yes. it's and and that goes all the way back to torah in the sense that um this energy issue is not this or that it's a gray area there's gonna be winners and losers but what you're saying we need to put morals back into these industries yeah. And that's actually, I'm reading a, a book right now um, uh, about how do you merge kind of science and religion. And science tells you how things work, but the religion tells you why. Mm. In the sense that we know how to transport uh, natural gas through these pipelines. Why do we have to go straight through these people's lands? Yeah. Science will tell you, oh, it's cheaper. Like science is, is giving you the facts, giving you what you got to know. But then the the morals, the why is this right or wrong? That's where we're, we're missing. When I'm saying bad science, yeah. we're missing the human aspect. And it's getting better now, but the energy topic is it's you you can throw anything at me, and I can give you the hippie answer and the not hippie answer, and then both can be like, dang, sound great. I know that's uh, and that actually reminds me. I'm gonna shout out. Um, there's a, a a buddy of mine at the Jiu-Jitsu Academy. He started a podcast as well, almost like the same time I did. Uh, it's called the Pohada, P-O-R-R-A-D-A podcast. You should check it out. But it reminds me because I think on his last podcast, they were talking about, they, were, they shared like a story of there's like a, a physicist and um, someone else like boiling water for like tea or something. Yeah. And the someone asked like, why is the water boiling? The physicist is like, well, the heat of the, of the burner is uh, working with the convection and it's uh, heating up the water molecules and the water molecules are speeding up until they eventually convert into a gas, a gaseous state. And then they release. And then the other guy was like, Oh, because I'm making tea. And so like, it's, it's weird. Like those both answer the question why, but, and like, that's what you think about is like, okay, why are we building this pipeline? Well, to transport natural gas from point A to point B so that we can have more efficiency but why are we transporting it like through this area? Like exactly like that brings up that moral question of we, uh, yeah, just why, like why this way? There's, it's not an either or like, yeah, just. Well, I, have faith, man. I have it in science too. Dude, I mean, it, that's like, I mean, that's the moral of, I think this podcast is blind faith. Like dangerous. Don't, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And you just gotta like question everything. Like even when you think, you know, it question it again, read, recalibrate retest it all i mean it's a lot of work but it's so necessary and it's just it's how you're going to succeed in life and how we're going to succeed as a community as a as a nation as a world like that's that's the balance of of things but it's it's challenging it's not i mean yeah we don't have the answers and i don't know it's it's a it is hard it is one more and one more thing for your audience um because obviously what we're saying, well, one also, you know, um, yeah, we're not we're not experts. We work in this field. We're not experts. But one thing I want to share with the office, and this is my dream, is that, okay, that big problem, why are we transporting this energy from, you know, miles and miles away? Yeah. There's this new idea that's popping up that I don't think I'm going to see it in my industry. I work with utilities. It'll get popular with um, third-party um People who want to run their own power plants and then sell them to, to utilities. So it's called distributed energy resources, DERs. Okay. So I want you to imagine, let's go back to nuclear. I want you to imagine 
hundreds of mini nuclear power plants. Yes. I, I say mini, I mean shacks in the middle of a farm. Just, well, not mm-hmm. shacks. There's, there's yeah, 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 you get it. <clears throat> but just having your power plants. So let's say we had dead 10 gigawatt, right? You can have one power plant that makes <clears throat> uh, 10 gigawatts worth of energy. But then you can have 10 power plants that make one gigawatt. And then you can nth lower, lower and lower. And so that cuts on our trans- transportation costs. Because that's, people don't realize, um, it's actually really sad. Uh, so, t- okay, let's take a wind turbine. Yeah. Two thirds of the energy of a wind turbine gets lost in heat. Yeah. Just from, because you take a very slow um, mm-hmm. rotation of the turbine, then you got to speed up to like 3,000 RPMs to run a generator. Yeah. You lose that energy. So, two thirds, bam, is gone through heat. So, transportation is the Achilles heel of the power industry. Yeah. So then this idea of, hey, how can we bring power closer to the consumer? Now, it's also kind of funny. The best, and I'm going on, this is a chubby, chubby topics. The best place to build wind turbines is on the East Coast, where mm-hmm. the wealthiest communities are. Yes. And it's like, listen, they're not complaining. So it's yeah. just funny. I just, I just wanted to say that goof to your, to your audience that the worst pl- place to put it is where we have them in like farmland, yeah. middle of America. So just the audience, it's a complicated issue. It's hard. It's very complicated. Um, but it's it's worth talking about. I mean, and in my opinion, if we can change the stigma of nuclear energy, because like you said, I I actually work with these two energy or nuclear plants, and they've told me about in South Dakota they're gonna maybe make these small and they actually put it underground, so you're not even gonna see yeah, don't see, see this nuclear plant. It's gonna be underground. You're not gonna see it, and it's gonna make like 250 megawatts, which <laughs> for reference these nuclear plants that i go into that are big they're they're eyesores i mean they're not as big as, as coal plants and they're not as big of eyesores because there's no giant cloud of whatever crap is coming out of it um but it's steam well not always it's not i mean yes it is steam I, I micro yeah there's micro molecules and the, yeah, I, I, I'm working on a scrubber project right now at one of my customers and that's, yeah that's our that's our <laughs> that's our goal i mean it's it is mostly steam. I, I will say that because yes, it is mostly steam. And that is, a, and that is but, <laughs> but with these, uh, yeah, these new plants. So the, the smaller plant is going to be like 250 megawatts in comparison to these larger ones, these nuclear plants that are like 1100 megawatts that I got, I have like 1200, 1100. And, so they're going to do more. They were talking about doing more of these smaller ones underground. So that you're, they're not an eyesore. They're not. Um, yeah, they're just not in the way of people. And they're pretty self-reliant. Like they you just kind of keep them going. And then there's going to do more of them scattered throughout. And I, I can understand the fear. But it's again, there's so many redundancies to keep these things safe. There's so much safe like protection and I don't know. I'm team. I'm team nuclear, and I'm. I'm. We got to push forward on, especially if you if we can figure out fusion, which because so Germany's work on that. It's hard. Yeah. 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 Because and so again, if you're not familiar with nuclear, if you're not familiar with energy, there's right now we are doing what's called fission, which you take you basically bombard these particles, these uh, radioactive particles in energy or in these radio or geez, um, reactors. And they separate, thus, when the separation happens, it causes a lot of energy release, which heats up water, which is used to turn the turbine, which makes our energy. Fusion 
is actually the opposite where you're actually combining particles and it skyrockets like beyond what we can ever even think of. I mean, that's what the sun is based on. Like the, the big ball of gas that literally is keeping us alive is based on fusion. That they're, they're constantly having fusion reactions in the sun. We're trying to duplicate that on Earth. And when if we were able to do that, I mean, that's game over for the energy field. Like that's like basically if we can successfully do fusion, I think that we were we would power the world and in such a small footprint. My my opinion. Maybe yeah, so like there's a cool YouTube channel called Kirkestat on YouTube. Have okay. you ever heard of them? No. So the audience, I, I cannot spell this for life of me. It's a German channel, but they do American animations because America is a higher um anyway, so it's called Kurg Kurgestat. Like K E R G A S A T. You'll find it. They get millions of views. They have yeah. this awesome in their earlier video history. They have this awesome idea of, of how civil, civilizations evolve. <clears throat> so there's the type one civilization that is like picture your caveman. You know, hunter gatherer can't have sustainable energy. Uh, when it makes a fire, it'll go out. And then you have um, where we're at. We're at like tier two or something where we have sustainable energy it's consistent we have a modern economy then there's you get to fission where you have continuous energy or, or purely alternative energy mm. where it's it's sustainable you 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 will never run out of energy and then there's another tier of harnessing the energy of a, of a star so there's an idea called this what's something hemisphere imagine a bunch of solar panels in orbit around the sun that then beam energy uh, you know, how, this is funny. You know how people put their phones on those chargers and they charge yeah. their phone on those yeah. pads? Yep. I would imagine that's happening in space. Yes. So these, these um, so Kyrgyzstan will explain this much better than I will. <laughs> but, uh, these, these, you, you harness the energy of the sun, you transmit that power wirelessly from satellites back to your world. That's like a whole other tier. Then the final, then a higher tier is you colonizing your galaxy harnessing the energy of other stars. But then there's this idea called the great filter where it's the answer of why or why not there's aliens in the sense that there's this thought that can civilization get so advanced that they all hit this certain filter that eliminates them all nuclear, nuclear war or something like that. Yeah. But th so this channel, uh, I don't know if, if any of your, your, um, your audience smokes weed or does anything crazy <laughs> like that, but not crazy, but like more, more crazier drugs. Go to that channel, put it on play, and just sit in your couch. And just sit. <laughs> that's. I mean, I I might find my Saturday night activity tonight. But there you go. <laughs> that's. Uh, no, that sounds super cool. I I don't want to really. Ch oh, no, I'll change it. But the the subject. So I don't know if you've seen recently the, about the whole aliens being real and living among us on social media. Have you seen that at all? I'm. I wish I had a better thoughts on alien. my my thing it's almost like yeah so i've seen it i've seen it with, with the military people announcing it it's almost uh, an aspect where i'm like just wait i don't even want to think about it until it happens in the sense it's one of those thought experiments i'm like it's so out there well so and the thing is that i've seen so like a couple i think someone in canada like a high up official in canada came out and said that like there's actually aliens and then there's someone in Europe somewhere said it. And like, according to Trump, he was like, I guess there was, 
he says that I knew about it and I just didn't release it. And I guess the I think the person in Europe who said it said that the aliens don't think that we are ready or something like that. And like yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, like if that if this is true, why not? Like what what like what do you mean we're ready? Like, and also, it's just true. How do we commute? It's it's almost. It's one of those things where you, I feel like it's, it's too hard a secret to hide. Yeah. And we would know. I Right? Like, wouldn't we? Like, I mean, because then there's the, the idea like that they're living among us. They look exactly like us. I mean, like, that's what... So, like, I mean, may, I don't know if it's truly alien. I mean, you can take this to... The word alien in itself, you can take it to anywhere. It's like an infinite amount of possibilities because it's alien to us. We don't know. It'll just let your imagination run. But, I guess my, my fear is that Imagine us when we went to the New World. We saw the Native Americans, right? What would an alien do to an inf- I'm not say inferior so technology, technological wise, they're inferior. Like, what would an alien do to an inferior race? You would enslave them, right, and use yeah. their resources. Right. That would That's make my sense. view. On Unless they're so superior that they've they're More even healthy. superior in like the idea of like empathy and like the idea yeah. of like oh, oh, like why are you guys fighting over this like simple like these why are we still having wars like we've discovered peace <laughs> like we've discovered i mean that could be an interesting topic and then they, and then they can come and teach us that i don't know i don't know like because i think that's a very wouldn't that be a kind of humanistic thought it's like oh they're going to ensla- enslave us well what, what if they're going to come and teach us to experience peace like true peace why i guess why i I guess I'm trying to imagine. Yeah, it is, I, I only think as a human, right? So yeah. I just don't think what 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 serves. Why would you find other species and not see what you can gain from them? Or like, or if we're seeing ants, maybe we're so inferior. Yeah. Okay, this is funny. Um, oh shoot, what's that British? Um, Garden, Gardens of the Galaxy, not Gardens of the Galaxy, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay, so to your audience, I, I found this out recently. Gar- uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, the movie's out there. Movie's okay. It was a radio series from Britain. So if you like British comedy, if you like yeah. um, uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Yeah. So these guys used to work with the, those Monty Python guys. Oh, so, okay, cool. Well, joke behind that, how this Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy started was it was going to be a miniseries about all the different ways Earth was going to get destroyed. <clears throat> And the first idea, which ended up being the entire series, was uh, they need to build uh, the pipeline. They need to build a highway through Earth's galaxy, and they're just going to demolish Earth. One guy survives, goes on his adventure. Yeah. That's how I see aliens. We're just, we're so inferior that we're just in the way, and they got to build an intergalactic highway through us. (laughs) Now, that's trippy because that's kind of like what we were just talking about. Is that how, like, the government is just seeing, like, the natives that are living on that land? Like, oh, they're just inferior. Let's just build that pipeline. That is that what and maybe shit like that. Who am I? There's the galaxy. It's a funny series. It's if you guys yeah. are Audible, they they took the radio show and they paid actors and they really did it well as like a play in your ear. Um, mm. Amazing for road trips. I, I did this this hike in Michigan a few weeks ago and yeah. I just knocked through four of the books. Like, it was just so much fun and you're driving the highway and you're giggling. Yeah, I'm giggling by myself. <laughs> Dude, that's a podcast. I ca- I catch myself like genuinely laughing out loud, like to myself. And I'm like, if another person like looked in my car right now and just saw me, 
like I'll be just crying like tears like of except I don't know how big in the podcast or what podcast you listen to if you're looking for a funny podcast I'm gonna shout these guys out there's, there's three brothers it's called my brother my brother and me it's M B M B A M it's the dumbest shit but it is so funny they they're basically the premise of the podcast is they find you or not YouTube um Yahoo answer or Yahoo questions and they answer them and they are just the most like zany characters like even their voices like just the funniest voices like the yeah it's it's funny i highly recommend if you're looking for just a good time like not an educational time just a good time (laughs) check it out it's and they're like 45 minutes to an hour so it's not usually it works well because i'm driving to a customer it's like only like an hour away i just throw it on get myself in a happy mood to walk into a customer yeah man i'm always it's funny, Mr. Podcast. I've almost replaced podcasts with music listening. I go through cycles. Right now, I'm in a podcast cycle where I'm only basically listening to podcasts. Um, but I definitely, like, I'll probably get bored of listening to podcasts soon and just jump back into music. What kind of music do you listen to? It's, it's evolved, man. I think actually recently. Um, so, okay. I listen to all. So I'm not one of those guys where oh, I'll never listen to country or something. I I will listen to everything. Actually, when I was in Singapore, I became friends with this half Russian, half Korean guy from Cyprus. Whoa! I didn't even know where Cyprus was. It's yeah, near the Mediterranean, right? Yeah, yeah. So he exposed me to heavy metal, and I was like, oh my like, no, dude, it's all screamo. Like it's not good. Like, no, no, you're coming to me. We're going to this bar. We're gonna play some heavy metal. We're gonna drink some whiskey. If we're in a headbutt, I'm like, okay, I'll do all about my headbutt. Yeah, the one CT. He exposed me to heavy metal, and I was like, this is freaking awesome. And then I had his other friend. Um, it's funny. Sunny Broad actually changed my view on, on music. Before it was all like hip-hop, pop, yep. um, some rock. Then I go, I go to Singapore, and my, my German friend exposed me to house music. Oh, techno yeah. house. Yeah, I bet. And I was like, this is nuts. So actually, when, I, when I'm doing heavy squat days, I'll throw oh, in a house beat. Yes, I get lost. That's the, that's always been my go-to for for like lifting. I'm, really? I'm, okay, I thought it was weird. Okay. No, I, I like it. I like anything with a good beat. Actually, like running and lifting for me, those were like the things that I'd listen to. Just consistent um, beat, no words, and just like yeah. cool thing about techno is that it's this gradual change, and it's almost like an art of how they just they go from beat to beat, and then you forget. Wait, where did this instrument come from? Yeah, right. And then I would always like try to time up like if I'm doing squats, like time up my lip, like you wait for the drop. And then like that's like when you do your first rep and then it's just like, oh, you get that endorphin rush from the yeah. from the drop from the music. And then you're like, ah, I could do everything. <laughs> it's, I like I also like really weird music. I love I have a weird fetish of like video game, video game, electric music. So dude, I, no, yeah. Sorry, go on. yeah, that's um, I when I was in Ireland. Drunkenly, so we stayed in hostels, and me and my buddy, we would like kind of just our routine would be like we would after the bars, after the pubs, we'd walk over, get some something to eat, and then bring it back to the hostel and just chill in like the the group area and just talk with people and and do stuff. There was like one dude, he was in there, and it was just like we got in, like a really deep conversation about like religion, spirituality, and but like he he introduced me to video game like. Oh yeah, yeah so chill, and it was like the perfect mood for the night. And I was like, "Oh my god, like this is unreal! Like this is good." 
there's everything from piano video game music to yes. heavy metal rock guitar like yes. doom kind of uh, uh video game music it's freaking it's just i don't know why i love it um this guy named like daniel i think it's like daniel tidwell daniel twidwell on spotify and he just rocks his heavy metal guitar to like video game music and it's freaking it makes me wish i played like zelda and like all those old yeah right uh, video games yeah, oh, the, the, sometimes like you know, okay. Do you have you don't have TikTok, do you? No. First of all, I was. This is something I wanted to. I recommend you get it and post your videos on that you do on TikTok. Interesting. Even think about it's. I mean, if you're looking to kind of like get some views and like get some, get your work, get your message out there. I I love what you're doing. Facebook. I see them mostly on Facebook. I just started following you on Instagram, but you can take those videos and just di- directly, you can, if you download it today, you can just start uploading them. It's a minute long, the, the series, or you can upload minute long videos. So you'll have to like do it in parts. But I wanted to mention that to you because I think that would be something, especially it's so easy. Not you have so many already. You can, it'd be something easy. You can just roll out like every day, every week, I don't know, whatever you want to um, do. But why did I bring up TikTok? There was, oh man, we were talking about music. Heavy metal, video game. Video game, you know, I guess, <laughs> dang, I had, to, I had something for you, but, uh, or to add to that, but that's, yeah, I did want to mention that and I'm glad. Well, uh, so then what's your view? So actually, you, you mentioned Instagram. I very recently got Instagram because I used to be very, not anti-social media, Yeah, but it's like it's funny even even this podcast like i'm a very private person i'm public with like what i'm saying on social media it's usually like positive thoughts workout stuff torah stuff it's got like a goal i don't post too much about like my personal life mm-hmm. uh, i tend to say like private especially with my goals and stuff i don't like to like post my goals um and stuff but my friend my friend finally convinced me like dude get an instagram like facebook is for old people and i'm like well yeah, i like facebook yeah. <laughs> like, that's right. like the videos you mentioned facebook now instagram they'll get three times more traction yes um and which is good because my, my goal i am trying to hit people my age um but there's a struggle with, where it's like i used to I, I i would get no notifications on my phone like it was nice and now it's like something i'm checking more it's like i'm very conscious yes. of the problem but it's like I let you want your your message to get out there so it's like exactly i don't know how to balance it because i definitely do get like i'll work, I'll work very hard on a video and i'll think it through i'll post it gets nothing then i'll whip something up off the top of my head and it'll get more traction i'm like are you kidding me like, I right. work so hard Dude, there's there's algorithms that i don't i don't really understand and i don't so i've been the same way i was i got off of all social media for a while i was like on facebook i think in snapchat still but I, de- I deleted like Twitter, Instagram, a bunch of stuff because I was like, okay, this is just consuming me. Then I started Fresh Steeps and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to need, because I want to get my brand out there. I want to get the, I want to get this brand out there. And I think social media is just, that's the point of it kind of is to, is to spread a message. So I redownloaded it. And now that I'm producing more content, it's, it's kind of changed my view on it. Like I'm not just constantly consuming and i still do i catch myself i'll scroll especially tiktok dude tiktok it's it's good to get a message out but it's also it's addicting um because you get like such 
educational videos you get such like fun videos like funny videos to watch um but there is a balance you need to find that balance and i'm i'm still toying with it but i really have enjoyed instagram because it's also introduced me like i have some people on this podcast i'm gonna eventually have are from instagram like i've just built a community of tea of tea friends and tea amigos and they've <laughs> and they uh and through instagram so like i'm excited to have some people who i've never actually talked to but except for just a couple times like messaging on on instagram excited to have them here and so i've learned a lot from it it kind of just you can make social media into what you want and i actually now that you're reminding i posted a podcast i listened to once on facebook about like conscious consumption of of social media um and that kind of yeah that really helped me change my my view on it and like and like you said on facebook especially i try to promote people like promote friends brands or promote a good message i am i'm the same way where i don't need to be posting like pictures of what i'm doing today or stuff like that um and then and then i'm trying to just promote the tea stuff as well and then help any any other friend who's doing cool stuff i mean i'll i'll try and throw them some love with it it's funny like if you look at my at my phone i have all my, like my apps in a folder and so i have like snapchat linkedin youtube yeah. podcast app facebook instagram they're all in a folder and the folder is called positive purpose oh i like that you, if you open it like if i open it up i can't avoid seeing that text seeing that i like that it's mainly because i'll be honest there, okay there's some people who i think have strong Mind, strong mentalities. They've gone through hardships. Blah blah blah. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. I almost don't. There's, then there's some people who are really struggling, and I don't want to create jealousy. That makes sense. Mm. It's very easy if you're doing good in your life, and yeah. like, especially when I was traveling Asia, I was definitely posting a lot. But I, I had this like life is cool series. Yes. Um, yeah. And the very first one was me driving uh, to go see my grandma in a car, and the sunset was on. And I had this idea. I'm like, okay, if you're going to share cool stuff you're doing on social media, have it, don't just share it, right? Don't just post cool stuff. Like, why, why is this worth sharing? And that actually started this whole, like, the videos I do now are more, I guess, really, the videos are more for my, myself. Yeah. And that's maybe even this podcast. It's like, I do the videos because when you teach something, you learn it better. Mm-hmm. And people dig, people dig it. Great, people dig it. Uh, obviously, I have my agenda of like trying to help less observant Jews maybe see the beauty of our religion. But with the Life's Cool series too, it was like I was sharing the cool stuff I was doing, but I, I I was like I had these like little essays in there, and it was like you like you're saying use social media as a tool, right? Because I don't want there's people who get paid a lot of money to to share cool stuff. You're never gonna get famous sharing your Lamborghini or something like there's people that their entire jobs is sure cool stuff. It's that, that market's saturated. It's not worth yeah. it. I but agree. there's this market of like being genuine of like mm-hmm. helping people who are going through a hard time. And it, it's, it's something even in Judaism we have, we don't have a word. There's no Hebrew word for rights. There's no human rights. There's mm. human obligations. Mm. Okay. Rights can be debated, right? You know, you're infringing on my rights, but I don't see your rights. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obligations imply it's being put up upon you, right? So this idea yeah. of obligations, like these mitzvot, mitzvah, we do mitzvah, 
uh, Jews have 613 uh, commandments. The word, the S English word, the Hebrew is mitzvah. Mitzvah means a connection. Yeah. Right. So you have these obligations to connect to your creator or connect to uh, filling your spiritual word energy. But like, I feel a sense of obligation that if I'm going to share cool stuff, well, and this is a sound all hippy dippy, like divine providence. Like there's a reason I've been given that experience. There's a reason I was putting that time in place. And like, man, if you're going to share it, there's a reason you have this urge to share. And I think most people wanted to share and that's good, but there's a deeper, like, why are you sharing like, this, this team egos podcast, right? Like yeah. you could just call up your friends and be like, yo, let's go talk about tea. But you realize there's a greater audience that can benefit from introducing teens to their lives or introducing your guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, there's a selfish reason, but there's also another concept. Um, for example, remember early in the podcast, I was telling you that I wrapped a fill-in. Didn't really know why I did it, but I did it. Yeah. So with a mitzvah, there's this idea that honestly, at the end of the day, so okay, a mitzvah, we can also call it, let's say it's God's will. Let's say like, how do I put this perspective? Who's your, who's your greatest role model? Like, who's the guy that he told you, hey, can you hold my bags? You'll stand there all day and you'll hold his bags. Like, who, who is that for you? Oh, I've thought about this question, dude, and I don't have a good answer. Like, I, I wish Dwayne the a- Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson tells you to hold his bags. I, yes, I will. I, I actually love that. I, yeah, I love that dude because he seems like a very genuine human, and his work ethic is amazing. So yes, exactly. Let's I, keep it yeah. simple. Let's, Let's say Dwayne the Rock Johnson says, yeah. "Hold my bags." You're gonna be like, "Yes, sir, man." Yeah. Anything like you, you're acknowledging me. That is what a mitzvah is in the Jewish religion. It's like God is saying, Hashem, whatever. I know people get weird out by that word, but God's like saying. Hey, I want you to hold, I want you to do this. Not because you're going to benefit, not because you're going to get some special prize when you die, not because you're, uh, it's just, I, I want this. And because this is Dwayne, like, this is like your idol. This is like, you look up to the person, you're just going to do it because you want to have that connection. Yeah. And so this I'm idea of like, I'm going to change my answer real quick um, yeah. to Coach Cook. Shane really? Cook. No Shane shit. Cook. <laughs> I'm a, dude, and I, and I kind of said that jokingly just because he's a coach, but he's our coach. But genuinely, he's actually the more I look back on my life, he's actually become such a role model for me to to look I like. But so and so, I hope for some reason Coach Cook finds this. Shane, if you find this, <laughs> shout out to you, dude, because he's got yeah, long hair now. I know, right? I saw that. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I was like, oh. Brother, <laughs> we're like the same now. Crazy. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm about to. Do you remember Zach Horowitz, that redhead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my best friend, actually, going to see him after jiu-jitsu today. So we're going to watch a UFC card together. Yeah. Me and him talk about. We don't talk about Coach Cook a lot, but he'll, his name gets brought up, and there's this like, damn, like he set us straight. Right. He right. he was a father figure, whether if we needed it or didn't need it. Yeah. I, I don't know your family history. I know Zach has has a very He's had some like death in his family. That's very unfortunate. And uh, even myself uh, in my own family history, but like coach cook was a guy that in the moment you could have hated him. Like when you were wrestling, he would, you're like, you just get so mad at him, but man, he like, he was like a father figure you needed. Cause he didn't take shit. Exactly. And if it was your fault, it was your fault. Like, you're not getting your late for practice. Why? Like, yeah. He made you, hold yourself accountable like 
he taught me accountability. He taught me hard work. Like seriously, like all of the stuff that I've learned since then, like about like, yeah, being disciplined and stuff, I really think stems from being his, yeah, his student basically. And it's, yeah, I, so I genuinely have like a lot to thank him for in, in my life. So it's, yeah, he's a, he's a cool dude. I, sorry, I did not mean to, to cut you off. On no, it's fine. That's, that's even a, a better but, point. Like, like he, to, to show you how good this guy is, he even wrote me a letter when I was uh, applying in the Air Force. Like, he was one of the three people I had write my letter of rec. Amazing. That's how much, like, I thought, because he knew me at my lowest. Like, he knew me when I was a little, like, shit in high school. And now, like, I'm trying to, like, uh, uh, actually, I'm waiting on the dates. I'm supposed to go to officer candidate school soon for the Air Force. And it's like, he was a man I wanted. And listen, he's, he's a he's a high school wrestling coach and gym teacher, but he was a man I knew I wanted um, like to, to, to have the like, same reputation. And like, it even goes back to what we were saying about earlier. Like, what does it mean to be like a man? Yes. There's a guy named uh ryan mickler that i follow on social media uh order of man podcast is his mm. um, his thing and he and i love his definition and i said this on a date one time it's hilarious but <laughs> on a first, first date first date i love it first day i'm like this is my definition of what it means to be. i don't know i don't know how these conversations on the first date i like this and jewish dating it's a little more <laughs> jewish um it's all about having a family so <laughs> first thing is there's three there's three aspects. It's very catchy. So one, what Ryan Mickler, Order of Man podcast. Uh, I want to give him a shout out, although I don't. He's never gonna know. Anyway, so one is to protect. So a man has to protect. Now, what does that mean? We we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Physically, you have to protect your family. Mm-hmm. Whether that's through your physical strength, if you're a concealed carry advocate, if you are just cognitive of dangers in the city. When Shay is a fan, you need to be able to protect your wife, your kids, your extended family. That's that's at the most human basic level. Yeah. But also, you need to be able to protect your values. Mm. If people are going to challenge you, you can't just be a sheep and just repeat what you've been told. Like To protect your values, you have to, what we were saying, ask questions. Yeah. Like this whole thing I've been talking about with Torah, I, I will, th- that is a hill I'm 100% willing to die on, is to protect those values. But I, I know why, because I ask questions, I study with the rabbis, I debate with them. Um, so we want to be able to protect yourself, your values, and what you find is important. Like, for example, myself in the Air Force, protecting the, uh, these countries' values is also something I'm, I'm very passionate about. Hmm. But then the second one is provide. Here's where the controversy comes in, right? So you need, as a man, my definition of a man is you provide for your family. Now, there's a few ways you can provide to your family. One we all know financially, right? Mm-hmm. When shit hits, and this is all about when shit hits the fan, you need to be able to go there and scrap. You need to work three, four jobs to, to provide for your family. Now, that, that, that does not mean your wife can't work. I would I would hope my wife has a passion and a career that she is excited about and passionate about. However, n- at no time in my life, and this is a promise that will never be changed, at no time in my life will I allow my wife to work if I don't work in the sense I will never yeah, force her to struggle if I'm not there with her. Now we're both struggling. Great. We're both trying to make ends meet, but I will, I will sacrifice so much of my life to be able to provide for my family. Like then there's that. a second aspect providing emotionally. 
you can't just be out there. A, a man is not a wall. A man is not a rock in the sense that does not share emotions, does not engage with his wife, have, have conversation. You need to, pro- you need to provide to your wife emotionally. Yeah. And if anything, I think that's even more important than financially. Cause we listen, we have good jobs. We'll have a career, but can you provide to your, your wife, your kids emotionally and be there for them? Now providing doesn't necessarily mean me speaking. Providing is, Maybe you do need to be a wall for them to lean on, mm-hmm. right? And then the third and final aspect is to preside. Now, I think Ryan Mickler said preside because it's three Ps, but presiding means to lead, right? You are the leader of your family. You're the leader of your kids. Now, other controversy, does that mean, oh, you're leading your wife. You're going to tell her what to do. And I tell you, what what good leader just bosses around his team? Yeah, no. That's, that's not, not that's leadership. Not leader, yeah. If anything, leadership is your wife is like the best leaders, their their teams are one that's coming up with ideas. They're they're enhancing their team members. They're getting everything out of them and sacrificing themselves. Yeah, that is how you lead your wife, lead your family. Um, and that's where we as men need to be more vocal about. It's important for us to want to be the leaders of our families, but it's not good if we are the bosses. Yes, right. If we are just the managers and we're like, do this, do that. like that's not a good marriage, and no, no one's going to tell you it's a good marriage. Exactly. So that's my definition of like the man I want to be. And I think that idea of presiding, like you talk to any woman, they, they, they want you to make decisions. They want you to be competent. They want you to know what's up. Yeah. Um, and but, so it sounds controversial, but it's not. It's uh, no. That anyway, so that's, that's my. You're, you're single still? Yeah, man. Uh, for many reasons. <laughs> What's up with that? Like you, I want to date you. Like you get it. You get it. I'll be honest. So, actually, this is a hot topic. Yeah, I was like, this is a sore topic. Like, no, no, this is. It's, I have talked with my, my family about this a lot. So it's okay. I'll say one thing. You and I. Okay, I can't see it on video. People listening on video. He's we're sexy. in shape. <laughs> we're, we're not. We're, we're good I'm gonna, Corey. We're yeah. gonna take a picture after this, and I'm gonna share it. I want. I want to <laughs> get you. I want to get you a, a lovely lady. No. So what, what I'm telling the people is that when you're healthy, when you're physically fit, when you're confident, you're not as stressed about dating because you you're not gonna think you'll be alone the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. So okay, it allows you to be patient with it. The second thing that I personally am struggling with is I'm at this weird moment in my life, uh, in my my religious observancy, where oh, background. For your audience, in the Jewish culture, it's very important to date Jewish women. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason is not because we don't want to date a Christian and we don't want to date a Catholic. On the contrary, I think most uh, tall, blonde, blue, blue-eyed-looking women, oof, smoke shows. I would love to <laughs> date them, keep it PC. But the reason we date Jewish is because in the Jewish religion, you're, you are born into the religion. So it's through the wife, it's through the woman, that your kids are Jewish. It's actually, and this is a whole different topic of Judaism is actually a matriarchal religion. It's a religion that puts the women on a pedestal. And that's, that's, it's a, that's something I'm also trying to work on with our publicity. But for example, Christian man marries a Jewish woman, kids are Jewish. Yeah. Uh, so it's important for me and the, the family I want to raise, I want to raise a Jewish family. Right. So yeah. I limit myself to that, but then I'm also, I want a woman who wants a similar level of, of observancy than I do. Okay. So I don't, not only is my pool small, then even inside the Jewish religion, I'm looking for something specific. Yeah. So that's slowed down for sure my dating. Uh, Cause 
we do believe in this idea of soulmates, right? So there's not a thousand women out there for me. There's probably 20 that fit the bill. And I'm going to find that one, which actually I find more motivating because I'm not going out there, not dating to date. I'm not going, okay, this could work that, that she can be good. That can be good. It's like you have a very clear understanding of the path you want. Yeah. And you want to find another woman on that similar path. And then it really, if, you, if you're on the same path, you're 80% there. Now, okay, you're physically attracted. Do you want a similar family goal? Bam, it's over. Um, go, go, go wife that. So my pool is smaller, but it gives you more motivation because when you finally do find that woman that fits where you need, it gives you more confidence to kind of pull that trigger. Yeah. Because yeah. there's not a million women out there that'll fit this. Um, even in the city of Chicago, there's not many. So that's for sure slowed me up, but I've also never taken dating seriously until I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also when I got more observant in my religion and I started realizing, oh, what do I actually want? Not just a nice uh, fit girl that I can I can show around. So it's, yeah, so I'll work on it. But I have, it's funny, I do so much studying on like relationships how to, and how to have a family that I'm like, man, I'm there. I just got to find that one girl that shares my passion that can handle my chaoticness yeah and bam, let's call it dude yeah because you're an absolute catch and like i but i agree with you in the sense that like i don't know like what but see i was kind of opposite like a the physically like i was like physical attraction obviously that's like you, there's like no denying you just can't really get around that it's like if i'm physically attracted to someone okay i, I know that like I right make babies. yeah <laughs> i want to make babies so i see that person and then and then for me, it's okay. Now that we've talked a while, like hung out for a bit, is there that that drive to keep moving forward? And so, like that's why, like, like I said, like Sierra, she's been amazing to me with that. Like she's, it's almost like kind of scary how similar we are to a sense. Like yeah. it's it's bad. <laughs> Sometimes like beard and long hair too. <laughs> she does have a nice beard and long hair. I had to get my hair cut just to just for some difference. Um, no, but yeah, I, I, that's such a, oh man, that's such a, a true thing. And for me, it was like, I was like almost afraid of the commitment. Like I, I, even though I told myself like I never, well, and it was most because of the pain I felt from the, from breaking up with my ex, I was like afraid to jump into something else because I'm like, well, if I jump in, like once I'm in, I'm, I'm all in, like I go all in. And so like, I'm like, I know that once I commit, there's definitely going to be pain if this if this thing doesn't work out and but i was like you know what it's so and i'm so glad like yeah it like hit me like a fucking like punch to the face like the, there was like one weekend i was in my mind like all weekend i'm like ask this girl ask her to be your girlfriend ask her to be your girlfriend then i left i didn't because she's in iowa city and i'm in oh yeah Minnesota, and i didn't and the whole drive back i'm like you fucking idiot you are you blew it like you blew you pussy you are not gonna date her now it's like the she came up and visited me like a week later and like the first thing i did i'm like i want i'm like can i call you my girlfriend like i need to i need this lyric right now i was imagining you going oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm your girlfriend. Yeah, uh, girlfriend and she was like uh, sure and i was like sweet and then that was it <laughs> but no yeah it's that's awesome dude I, you'll yeah, like I said, you're you're a catch. You don't have nothing to worry about. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's it's hard. <laughs> Listen, it's also and I and I am dating right, and yeah. this is a knock against me. I'm when you're okay. We're similar in the sense that we have these passions, 
and we, we have addictive personalities, right? Yeah. We get into something, we want to know it. We want to go full speed ahead and we just, we love it. We have all this passion. And you, when you meet someone who doesn't have that, mm. you're like, Challenge, yeah. Oh, what do you, what do you do? Why? Yeah. What like, gets you up in the morning? Like, what, yeah. And so yeah. No, there's nothing against the city of Chicago. I think we're maybe where I'm living. You just have a lot of young women and young men. I'm not going to say just women. But you have a lot of people that it's like they're existing. They're not living. Yes. They're getting through the month. And I'm like, I can only date you. That, that idea, that concept I think is the scariest concept. Of life. To, to live and, or to exist and not live. Like oh. when people say that their life sucks, I'm like, your life doesn't suck. Your no. existence sucks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a oh, that's beautiful. You don't I mean, get to you choose don't. if your life sucks. Your your life is who you affect. Like, you're, listen, your existence can suck. Yeah, it's sucking right now. I feel it. Mm-hmm. But your life is not stuck. You don't get to choose. You get to choose to have your life. No, you didn't get to fill that box. I want to be born. Um, Maybe your parents chose, but also maybe parents didn't choose because sometimes yeah. they try and they make you like, you don't have to choose your life. Quit being so narcissistic. Your, exi- your existence sucks. And then I, I, I tell them, hey, what happens when you're drunk? When you, you know when you're drunk, you have, you have a typical, no, when you're sober on a typical couch, maybe two or three people can fit. Yeah. You get drunk, you can fit eight people on that couch comfortably, yeah. right? Because when, when you get drunk, you forget about your existence a little bit. You live a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. You less space, and it's like that's a, a metaphor for like people care. People get so obsessed with their existence; they need to chill. You're not that special. Mm-hmm. Care more about your life. Amen. I love cool. that. That's good, dude. It is. It's ten fifteen. Um, I know. I was gonna talk. I'm like, so go make some yeah, breaks, I, I, We could talk for hours, but I know you you have to hit the math soon. But can I break your record? Am I the longest? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, you future guys, step it up, man. <laughs> but we're, not, hey, we're not we're not done yet. We still have maybe a couple more minutes. So so the way I, I like to end my episodes, um, so I do a thing that's called the Urban Dictionary T word of the day. So are you familiar with Urban Dictionary? Uh, when I was fourteen, it was yeah. When you were fourteen, amazing. All right, like I I thought it was hilarious, and then it stumbled. I was at my girlfriend's place, and it stumbled. Like I was just on it for some reason, like bringing up some past and I'd searched a T word. It's one of the funniest things I read. So I was like, um, I'm just going to make this a part of the podcast and I'm going to make my, my guest come up with the word. So your task here is to come up with the urban dictionary T word of the day. Um, I typically, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's fun if we use T words, but whatever word comes to mind, let's, let's search it and we'll see um, what happens. Oh, so I I I go on Urban Dictionary. No, no, I, I'll read it. I'll right. yeah, and I I just need you to come up with the word for me to search. Yeah. So what, what's the word? Oh, I so I say the word and you look it up on Urban Dictionary. Yep. Oh, and it's gonna come up as like a. I don't know. Sometimes they don't come up. Sometimes they do come up. Um, if not, I'll yeah. if they don't, I'll. What about? I don't know how to spell this. I just thought about it. Trepidatious. Whoa. How do you spell trepidation? I don't even know how to spell it. Treb. Uh, and you taught English in Indonesia. Trepida- trepidatious? Yeah. Trepidatious. It's the first word that popped in my head. We're going to have to do another one because there's there is one. I will I will read this definition, but it's just one definition. There's usually like seven. So I'm, so think of another one. And and, um, and like I said, it's try, try and think of a T word for this next one. 
think of like any t any t word. So, but for while we're while we're waiting for what you're thinking, trepidatious adjective which let me tell you the the spelling i love this because i don't know who makes these definitions but they're ridiculous sometimes and just right off the bat it says adjective spelled a d j e c t u v e so that's fun um adjective what you say to say what you say to say something is fucking awesome or mad gangsta yo man this is trepidatious you got me a room at the white house Everyone gets laid at the White House. Now. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say the last word, but <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, yeah, one more, one more, just for what fun. about tripping? Tripping. There could be multiple definitions there. Do you want trip in with a N at the end or a G? Let's go G and hope it comes up. Okay. It's funny tripping. Oh. Tripping. All right, yeah, let's, we're in for a journey here. Um, there are seven definitions. I say that before you say them. I say tripping because uh, in Friday Jiu-Jitsu, we were letting foot, foot sweeps. Oh, okay. and Everybody, and then I got tripped so bad. I got the wind knocked out of me. Yeah. And then he immediately went knee on belly, pushed oh. all the air out, and then he was like, arm bar. And I was like, fuck. Yep. <laughs> and I just got defeated. Yeah. All right, so tripping. The first definition, like I said, there's seven definitions. This first one, pretty simple. Freak out, acting crazy or funny. You got to stop tripping. So whatever. Number two. Now, see, this goes this goes a little deep. Um, tripping. A state of mind brought on by experiencing a different state of consciousness, mostly through vast changes in perception, senses, and thought patterns. Tripping is usually experienced through the use of psychedelic drugs such as LSD, mescaline, and psilocybin, but can also be experienced naturally as well. This is because psychedelic drugs are supposed to break down the filters of the mind, i.e. thought at large, which are believed to eliminate unnecessary thought patterns. Because of the, because the mind, including the alleged filters, were not fully developed in youth, tripping could sometimes happen naturally as a result. And if you don't believe me or think it's impossible, then read the example. You'll know what I'm talking about. When I was younger, the world seemed a more vibrant place. It was much easier to daydream or lose myself in my thoughts or imagine things as though they were real. Music felt really alive, as though it connected with me somehow. And I could spend hours following every crevice in the pavement on the way home from school, where now I couldn't care less. That is how I viewed the world as a child. But having matured since, then the, those, abilities have had, had, those abilities have been lost as a result. Tripping makes you more aware of all the details that pass by, passes by, and whether it's, it's through drugs or natural causes, tripping is a great way to realize all the finer things around us that we normally take for granted. That kind of goes on like the experience of living. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's like, yeah, man, that was a... Yeah, man, and for your audience, I, I don't spend all my time talking about such heavy topics. Uh, I'm a big advocate of following animal channels on Instagram, so uh, time and place for all the serious stuff, but yeah, you also got to goof up. You got to be a silly one day. Yeah, so I'm going to skip the next one. It's, it's basically the same thing. There's nothing, nothing that fun. I'm going to try and see if there's like a funny one, because these are a lot about um, drugs. <laughs> I still like trepidatious. The definition involved getting laid in the White House. I mean, yeah, that's getting laid in the White House, right? That's, that was a good one. Um, oh, to travel with the goal of meeting local people, as popularized by social network. Tripping.com. Hmm. Didn't know that's a thing. We went, uh, we went tripping through Europe last summer, 
and met some oh, people who invited true. us. Yeah, invited us to their house party and took. You know, this, this is this is a good kind of definition for um, or a good word for just kind of like a conversation. And number seven, to be under the influence of hallucinogenic drugs such as LSD. Well, yeah, I think like like I said, that's 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 good for me. Corey, dude, I appreciate this. Um, I'm gonna take a, a picture as a memory, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's here. We'll hold. We can hold up. Hold up some tea. And well, I'll have to have you back on. Have you back on this, man? You're, you're gonna good. you're gonna blow up. I'm gonna be like, wow, I was one of the early guy. And then you're gonna have like big names on there. I'm like, why is Corey on the list of these awesome people? Dude, but yes. I this from my own memory, man. I love this. Oop, blurry. There we go. No, it's good memories, man. It's the yeah. first time I've ever, like, also the reason why I love doing this, the more I talk, right, the better my ideas get, the better my metaphors get. And so, like, long-term goal, you're doing the podcast, I, I long-term goal, I want to work with men, uh, you know, individually, like, uh, not not life coach. I think that's really stupid. Almost like a uh, accountability partner. Right, mm-hmm. what people want to do. So the more times I get, I get the opportunity to kind of speak like this, my videos, uh, the Air Force stuff, it's like, yeah, helps me. So I appreciate uh, inviting me on. Um, dope man. Well, I'm gonna go make some breakfast so I can go touch sweaty men in tights. I love it. Before you go, is do you, I know you're trying to grow your following. So people, I mean, right now you have Facebook and Instagram. Um, if people want to check that out, right? Yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, so my Instagram is my name, Corey underscore H underscore while Corey H while, um, it, it, it's nothing fancy. I post just weekly videos. Uh, usually I, I follow the Parsha. It's like the different chapter we're reading, reading the door. I say something that's relatable for 2021. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if I'm, if I'm being honest, if I can push anything, uh, for this podcast, um, that Ryan Mickler guy, the order of man podcast. Um, I just think he's doing wonders in restoring masculinity in 2021 healthy masculinity as well uh if i can shout out like the jockos the, yeah. the gaga the joe rogan's um get it all in you uh and then keep drinking tea like i'll be honest uh, his tea got me hyped i'm Dude, wide good. awake i gotta go- so actually before i leave what was the name oh no i have it written down i'm gonna buy more of yeah tea. I'll, i can I'll, uh, I'll have to send you some more but yes that's a uh, that's good, dude. Well, no, I dude, I appreciate it. Don't want to take, I don't want to make you late for jujitsu. No, I got an hour. Um, oh, beautiful. So, to your guess, you got to beat two by at time we end this two eighteen. Two eighteen. Yes, exactly. Got to be competitive. <laughs> no, I would never guess it. <laughs> but dude, no, have an amazing day. I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, we'll have we'll have you on some point and and yeah maybe next time i'm in chicago we'll have to we'll have to roll around a bit if i'm if i'm better with my knee 100 man okay everyone listeners thanks for dealing with me this long uh you're dope have a good day and uh vince take care yeah love you dude peace